Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, good afternoon, folks, and welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to have you with us. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus, and a packed, what does Remus call it? The Super Mega Jets preview. One more day until we drop the puck on the Winnipeg Jets home opener and game one of 82 against the Rangers tomorrow night. And we are all over the latest on the Winnipeg Jets today with a great selection of guests. Scott Billick is going to join us first up. He was down at the rink today for practice. We'll get the latest on the lines, another player move, as well as Axel Janssen-Falby making his debut on the ice with the club. Uh, we'll also hear about the leadership group from the announcement earlier today. Brandon Ruick, he's going to jump on as well. We'll get Brandon's thoughts on uh, who made the cut, who didn't make the cut, and how the team looks heading into the season. And this is going to be a real treat. A little later on in the program, longtime Jets voice Dennis Bayak jumps on with us to give his thoughts on the upcoming season and to answer the question we we're all wondering, what the heck is Dennis going to be doing tomorrow night with an off night for the first time since 2011 when the Winnipeg Jets came here from Atlanta. And a little later on in the program, we're not going to forget about the Manitoba Moose. And uh, one of our favorites, cannot wait to have Nolan Baumgartner come back on the program. We'll talk to him about rejoining the organization, about the upcoming year for the Moose, as well as some of the young defensemen that he will be working with this season. And of course, the Moose begin their campaign Saturday afternoon at Canada Life Center with the 2 p.m. start. Just before we get going, welcome to everyone with us live on YouTube and shout out to the podcast listeners. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that red button when you get over to Winnipeg Sports Talk. And for those of you watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to your favorite podcast feed for Winnipeg Sports Talk. So when you can't get us online live, you're able to get the audio feed when you're in the car or uh, when you're just listening to uh, listening to your favorite pods. All right, big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen. It would not be uh, a daily show without them. Uh, big thanks to Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Not Auto Corp, along with Consolidated Supply, Vita Health Fresh Market, Royal Sports, F Apparel, Boston Pizza, Culligan Water, Wallace & Wallace, Canadian Club Whiskey, and, of course, our friends at Nick and Nicky DQ. And, of course, our favorite local brew, Little Brown Jug. Lots to get to off the top before Scott Billick joins us. Let's get Michael Remus in here and get this thing going. Remo, what's up? How are you? Feeling good. We had some hockey on last night. It felt uh, great. I got to get back into my routine now, Hus, of uh, trying to find in time to set my fantasy lineups, uh, you know, watching the late games. Feels right staying up late watching uh, Connor McDavid score goals. And tomorrow, I had a bit of FOMO. You know, another night of hockey. We're not going to have Jets hockey, but it'll start Friday. So it just gives us more time uh, for our uh, super-duper mega preview today. Lots to talk about. Exactly, exactly. We can continue previewing the season. And I'm actually looking forward to tonight. Um, I'll watch any football game. Even the Bears and Commanders <laughs> no. on Thursday night. Um, no. We just talked about that on the Lock Shop. So uh, if you're geeked about the Commanders and Bears tonight, make sure you check out the Lock Shop. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get Winnipeg Sports Talk or check my or Dustin Nielsen's Twitter feed for the video version of it. But I'll be honest, Remo, the other thing I'm going to be doing today is setting up another TV or screen on the computer yes. and doing a little pre-scout for tomorrow's game because... 
I still can't wrap my head around how the Winnipeg Jets have their home opener against a team that's going to be playing their third game in four nights in the second of back-to-backs. But uh, I guess we'll take it. Um, Rangers in Minnesota tonight. I'm interested to see what the Wild look like. We talked about Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy and some of the young players that the Wild are really counting on uh, this year. And of course, it'd be nice to get a little bit of an advanced look at the New York Rangers before they come here to uh, kick the season off with the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, one thing that's good for the Jets, I was kind of nervous. You know, sometimes you hear about when teams go on a break, extend a break, and then they uh, come back against a team that's, you know, played a bit. They don't have a good record, but um, New York, yeah, third game, what, in four nights, back-to-backs. They're starting Chesterkin tonight in Minnesota, and so likely see Yaro Halak, who's backing up uh, this year for the Rangers. You mentioned Minnesota. One player to watch, Manitoba's Kalen Addison, who made the team. He'll be starting uh, the, on power play one as the quarterback there. So uh, if you're playing fantasy, uh, that is a name to watch. Uh, Ooh. If we're, uh, you know, if we're looking for defensemen who need points, power play one on Minnesota. I think that's going to be good here with Kaprizov. And you mentioned Matt Boldy who had the breakout season last year. And he's going to be counting on for Kevin Fial. But enough about those teams. Uh, we do well, have that's, a lot, that's, a, lot of that's a nice that's a nice little fantasy tip and i do go. know that i've got a few kaylin addison young guns cards from last year's upper deck yeah. series so uh obviously great to see a man tobin get a little opportunity to uh make an impact right out of the gate so yeah busy night tonight in the national hockey league and just before we get to the jets interesting night last night at least the two nationally televised games the leafs blow it against the Montreal Canadiens. And I don't know. I mean, I, I have deep regret because the Leaf pick blew up our parlay last night. But um, that was that really seemed and felt like that was the Habs-Stanley Cup. Um, <laughs> the expectations are low for Montreal over the course of 82. Uh, mm. But, man, there was a great, great atmosphere. I thought our guy Johnny Kovacevic showed up really, really well, was consistently out there, and I thought played a real strong game in his debut for the Montreal Canadiens. And it was neat to see the Habs give their fans something to cheer about after everything that they went through last year on their way to the number one pick overall. But the game that really caught my eye was the late one. And um, let me just say, I'm not usually blame the ref guy, um, but man, that missed call on Quinn Hughes on that high stick from Evander Kane completely turned that game around. If you missed it last night, the Canucks were up 3-0. And Evander Kane, with a very careless high stick in the offensive zone, whacked Quinn Hughes right in the face, drew blood. Inexplicably, it was missed by all of the officials on the ice. Hughes was down, lost a glove, was bleeding. And the Edmonton Oilers took advantage of Quinn Hughes being out of the play to score a goal to get it to 3-1 and never looked back. Um, Connor McDavid, of course, was the story of the game last night with a hat trick in his first game of the season. But to me, that game completely turned on that play. And I imagine our boy Bruce Boudreaux was not too pleased with the way that game turned around and the circumstances that led to it last night. Yeah, first thing, uh, first, I see a lot of people in chat here very happy that the Leafs lost uh, the early hot take. The Matt Murray reclamation project experiment, not going to work. Uh, we'll see what happens happens there, but I did tune in. That uh, I enjoyed the Vancouver Edmonton game. It looked like uh, you know Vancouver was going to run away with this one. Um, after eight minutes, they swap McDavid and Drysaddle to play on the top line together, and Connor McDavid does what he does, skating around the ice, 
shooting, getting his own rebound. Um, what a performance. I don't think Vancouver, uh, I mean, they're bub- bubble team at best. Edmonton, a cup contender. And you definitely saw that in the third period. But as you mentioned, got started off with a, uh, what a, non- a missed penalty, which it's not an NHL season if we're not complaining about officiating. So that's just one of, one of many. The high-sticking thing is something, you know, it's so key, this blood. Uh, it could be the same high stick, but one, you know, draws blood, one, one doesn't. I mean, that's the difference between two minutes of uh, power play time and to have go from potential four to zero to a goal against. Pretty bad swing. Yeah. I, I, like, I mean, I, what listen, do you do? It, more replay? It's, I don't know. I don't know. How, replay sounds great in theory, but then you're sitting there for five minutes watching the stupidest offside challenge ever. And you're like, screw this. This is the dumbest. So I don't know. How about this? How about this? Let's let's make this offering. Okay. We take out the offside challenges. Yes. Get rid of it. And in return, give a coach a challenge on some sort of a penalty that was missed. Can we do that? I don't know. I would almost do anything to get the offside challenges out. Because as I said, it was the biggest overreaction in pro sports history. It's terrible. To one play. Um, although there was a very close play last night that the Habs almost challenged. And if you notice that they had, the skate was off the ice, but it doesn't matter anymore. And they ended up not challenging it. So um, again, first game of the season for the refs too, but that was really unfortunate for the Vancouver Canucks and uh, a very fortunate for the Edmonton Oilers. Just back to Johnny Kovacevic for a minute. Um, You know, he did get caught up on the ice on a two-on-one. That play, you know, you can say it was Johnny, you, maybe it's the forwards that, you know, weren't there covering. I'm certainly, we're going to see some of that, I'm sure, in Winnipeg Jet games with the more aggressive style that he's hoping the Winnipeg Jets can play. But for a young man making his debut for a new team, apparently on the third pairing, Johnny played a lot. 19.06 last night, which was fourth on the team. Um, Gooley and David Savard. Caden Gooley could have a real nice rookie season. Uh, they played the most, 22 minutes each. Harris just about at 20, and Johnny Kovacevic just over 19. Uh, Johnny did kill three minutes of penalties, had 16 minutes on the ice at even strength. And tell you what, I was optimistic that maybe, just maybe this would be a bit of an audition for Kovacevic, and maybe if he was coming back, the Jets would offer an opportunity to get him back in there. I'm not sure that that is the case considering the way that he looked overall last night in his first game for Montreal and considering, you know, the depth of Montreal compared to what the Jets have on the blue line. But uh, we'll talk about that with Dennis a little later on, get his thoughts on Johnny heading over. Um, Let's get to it, though, Remo. Axel Foley or Axel Janssen Falby uh, on the ice today. And I guess the first big news is what that meant because Mason Appleton has ditched the non-contact jersey he was skating with Morgan Barron and Adam Lowry today. He'll be in the lineup, so somebody had to go, and we got the answer today. Dominic Toninato placed on waivers and will be sent to the Manitoba Moose, assuming that he clears waivers. And it is sort of funny. I mean, we've been using the wrestling uh, analogy of the loser leaves town match between Harkins and Toninato for that final spot. And it seemed like Toninato had won and it eliminated Harkins. And then right at the end of the match, Axel's music kicked in. He rolls in with a steel chair 
and takes out Dominic Toninato, and it ended up being a double DQ for the two guys that we thought were in the mix for it. They're both with the Manitoba Moose, and the newest member of the club looks like will be that 13th forward for game number one. Yeah, I thought it was fully going to be the double DQ with Tonato and Harkins both being sent down, but as you said, uh, it's Axel Janssen, Fjallby's music comes in, <laughs> and he claims that 13th forward spot and a lot of people asking about him today how did he look how is the hair is it as good in you know in on the ice as it is in his headshot and there's only one answer here and it's yes and shout out to the jets uh, social media team they're giving people what they want in terms of the axel Janssen yalby content and there he is wearing i'm 71 that's evgeny svechnikov's old number and now, probably not going to play Friday. Appleton went with the regular jersey. He's out of the non-contact jersey, so it seems like he's going to be in the lineup um, on opening day. And there he is, Janssen, uh, Janssen Fjallby. Great hair. Uh, Jet Sweden, who had the best hair day? There's you know, look at Janssen. Kyle Connor as well. Flow going early in season. And uh, who's who's that Con one? Connor, that Connor has been the guy... Uh... Can't tell who is that, that is. Another look that, at just that another next picture. Angle? I don't know. Yeah, I think it is. I think it just is. A I different mean, it's a different angle. Two horse race right now. It's a two horse race on this team between Kyle Connor and the newcomer Axel F. I haven't seen you being this infatuated with the looks of a player in a long time. I mean, he is pretty dreamy. Beautiful, There's no doubt about that. Look at that hair. What kind of products put in in that? It's awesome. It's hard to maintain. I, I think say. Rennie. I think Rennie referred made a Fabio reference yesterday on K and R when talking about <laughs> Axel yesterday. So you're certainly not you're certainly not the only one. Um, so that took place today. Uh, we well we'll find out obviously if Dominic Toninato clears waivers. I have a feeling that he will, considering where everything's at around the National Hockey League and the fact that Jansen Harkins also cleared. Um, and at some point, probably not tomorrow. We'll see Axel get into the lineup and uh, and see what he can do. Um, but we did get the answer to another question as to how things are going to start this year, Remo. I mean, the biggest topic going into training camp outside of the impact of Rick Bonus was the decision that Rick Bonus announced before camp even started, and that was removing the C from the jersey of longtime captain Blake Wheeler and going with a different leadership group. Well, two of the guys that had A's last year will maintain them. Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey. And as we'd seen in Calgary, Adam Lowry will be the third A, I guess, to begin the season, to begin you know the game. I, you know, We'll find out more and hear from Rick Bonus a little later on. We'll ask the guys who were down there um, if they'd sort of given any indication whether that will change, whether they'll bring in some other players on a rotating basis throughout the year. But I can't say that I'm surprised that the next man up when it comes to the leadership group of this team is Adam Lowry. He sort of was, in a lot of ways, I think the connection between the younger players on the team and some of the veterans and had been in that role before. And I think it's great for Adam to get uh, maybe a little bit more recognition for that and a little bit more uh, of an official nature of him being the uh, alternate captains for the season. So, I mean, the fact that they're throwing it out right there, I think that's basically the way that it's going to go. Uh, but certainly there's room for Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor and some of the big guys on the blue line, um, you know, to step up and be more of a leaders as, uh, you know, kind of different in the past where it was sort of Blake Wheeler's room. He was the guy leading the way and everybody else is following. Um, 
I didn't think Shifley or Morrissey were going to be out of the group, but it certainly was the smart money. And we've said it for the last few weeks that Adam Lowry was going to be in this group and uh, they made it official today. Yeah. Billick and uh, the guys down there tweeting it out. You know, can't say too surprised. Might as well go with the same guys. And Adam Lowry kind of pegged him as a candidate to wear the C or the A. He's been, you know, the leader on this team for a while. So going with three, that maybe they go for it. I think Ehlers, Candace, you know, and him and Kyle Connor, you saw them at the end of last year, take a more vocal role, especially with the media about the team. But, um, I mean, yeah, I don't think too many surprise, surprises here. And uh, all guys... Uh, deserve. I thought maybe you know they go with a shake things up a bit, but uh, I don't think you can make any arguments against any of these guys. So um, they'll be wearing the A, no C, and it doesn't seem like seems like that's being a more common thing. Like Calgary after losing Gaudreau, they're not having a uh, cap. They're not naming anyone right now. They're going with all A's as well. So uh, Rangers did it last year, worked for them. Uh, Jets going with a, a new approach this year, and uh, obviously needed after missing the playoffs last season. One bird, letting Shifley keep the A is aspirational. Like when the Nobel Peace Prize Committee awarded it to Obama. I don't <laughs> Wow, that's a deep, deep, uh, deep comment there, One Bird. You've got us on that. Well, as I said, we'll talk about this coming up with Billick in just a couple minutes. Rewiki a little bit later on, as well as Dennis Bayak on the program. And a visit from Moose, assistant coach. And longtime Moose player Nolan Baumgartner coming up a little bit later on. Um, one thing I did want to mention and uh, give some kudos to Kenny and Rennie. Great show yesterday after we were done. If you missed that, you can certainly check it out a little later on. It'll be available on their YouTube channel. Uh, but Remo Kenny, uh, Rennie, excuse me, Sean also had a really good sit down with Blake Wheeler. Um, that he tweeted out last night. I'm not sure when they showed it on the uh, on the uh, on on Sportsnet. Maybe that's something that they're doing heading into the game tomorrow night. Um, now, what Sean tweeted out was only about two and a half minutes, so I'm not sure whether there's a longer version of that. Um, but he asked him some pretty important questions uh, about you know losing the captaincy, how he's handling it, a potential trade in the offseason. and. Um, you know, Blake wasn't gregarious by any stretch. I think it's probably still something that's not really easy for him to talk about, uh, but certainly said that he's happy being a member of this team and uh, looking forward to being a big contributor so far this uh, going into this season. So um, certainly check that out if you haven't seen it as well. I mean, the link's just up there on Sean uh, Sean's Twitter feed, which I believe is SN Sean Reynolds. All right, uh, Bill, coming up in just a second. Let me give a big <clears throat> shout out. To our gang over at Consolidated Supply, our newest sponsor here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Consolidated Supply are the golf turf, irrigation, and golf cart specialist in Manitoba as the official club car dealer for the province. They've got amazing DIY irrigation systems for you, for your property or lawn. And if you're thinking about an area of your property where you don't want grass to grow or maybe putting that dream putting green in the backyard... Our longtime listener and pal Joe will get you set up over at Consolidated Supply with all of your options. And hey, while you're working on that backyard, start thinking of uh, some dream additions. Hot tubs? Oh, yeah. What about a beautiful outdoor kitchen with a high-end barbecue? They've got it all at Consolidated Supply. Find out more online at cte.ca or pop down and see Spicy and the gang. 1395 Niagara Road East. 
or you can give them a call at 470-3832. Hey, folks, if you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, along with Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, you need to be shopping at our good friends Vita Health Fresh Market with seven Winnipeg locations or online at myvita.ca. They do have it all, not to mention great school-friendly snacks and lunch items and awesome immunity products like vitamin C and D, which are so important right now, and delicious and healthy Vitamarket salad, soup, sandwiches, and more at the Grab and Go Deli. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. Now, this is a bit of a tease, folks. Um, you know, Wallace and Wallace has been great sponsors of ours, and uh, they've been the fencing experts in town and the leaders in garage doors. If you need some repairs for your garage door or a new one, hit them up at wallacedoors.com or pop down and see them at their uh, showroom on Lawson Road. I think we'll officially announce this next week, but a little tease of a very great program we're going to be doing with our friends at Wallace Wallace and a key member of the Winnipeg Jets. So make sure you stay tuned next week for uh, the details on that. Really looking forward to rolling it out and uh, continuing a great relationship with Winnipeg's overhead door and fencing leader, Wallace and Wallace. Again, wallacefences.com, wallacedoors.com, and you can pop down and see them at their showroom over on Lawson Road. All right, let's get to the rink. Uh, the countdown is on to tomorrow's home opener for the Winnipeg Jets and our guy Scotty Billick from the Winnipeg Sun is there post practice today. What's going on, Scott? How are you? Doing good, man. Freshly back from from Banff. Uh, had a good week. Uh, a pretty good weekend out there, and uh, yeah, no, it's good to be back at the rink. As far as Banff went, I mean, Mike was on. He kind of said you guys were able to do a bunch of cool things and get away. Um, just what was your perspective on what the team did? I mean, there's some interesting team building. Um, pairing up guys that might be sort of odd couples for, I believe, fishing and some golfing as well, um, and obviously getting on the ice as well. I mean, what do you think Rick Bonus was trying to accomplish, and how much do you think they got done uh, out West? Yeah, I know a lot, I think. I mean, you know, you, you try and judge these preseasons based on kind of the attitudes that the players have, the smiles on their faces, the, uh, you know... There's times where you know you kind of know that there's it's a bit of a bit of a front perhaps you know things aren't going all that well and and you know but guys are saying everything's tight and everything's good guys are getting along and all that uh, it, it's it's really palpable I mean I, you know I, I had a one on one with Mark Shifley and uh, in Banff and just kind of talking to him getting a sense of kind of where he's at it it, it, it it's interesting it, it, this team there's a lot of excitement and, and I think you know the team building stuff. Um, putting, you know, Nate Schmidt in a boat with Vili Heinela, maybe the most uh, <laughs> eccentric guy on this team in Nate Schmidt, and maybe the most, you know, one of the quieter guys in Vili Heinela, you know, just really trying to get guys kind of to know one another more than just, you know, I, you know, I play with this guy on the ice or I see him on the road or we have dinner together on the road or whatever it might be for the team. I mean, this was, you know, some team bonding exercises that, that were purposeful. And I think that was one of the things, that uh, Nate Schmidt said actually was, you know, there was a lot of purpose kind of behind what the Jets did. It, it was more than just, you know, let's go out and have a party. It was, you know, let's go to get to know one another. So, and, and you, you, you think back to last year and the lack of respect comment from Paul Stasny and, and, and that sort of guys kind of playing for themselves. I think these are the types of things 
that get guys on the same page, get players on the same page with one another. Um, so there is that respect. There is that, uh, you know, whatever it is, that team kind of building uh, the chemistry, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I think that that's the kind of thing that they've kind of worked on during the thing. Okay, Sarah, you can go. Yeah, <laughs> just watching Sarah Lesky move. So you're good. You're quiet. So, yeah, no, I think it was just it was a good weekend all around the team i mean i think it helps you know winning those final two preseason games um but it looked like they had a good time in banff you know golfing fishing um you know a couple of nights out on the town that sort of thing so um you know i think you know if that was the purpose of it if rick bonus wanted to get this team just to be a little tighter going into the season um you know i think that was you know mission was accomplished you know, one thing uh, we didn't mention, and maybe we'll get to it in a second right off the top because it happened right after the sure. show, was, of course, the uh, the uh, ELC signing by Brad Lambert. Um, yeah. And we will touch on that, but I just wanted to mention that because that was one of the things in talking about the leadership group and everything else that was announced earlier today that we uh, didn't mention because it was sort of from yesterday. But we will get to that. But let's talk about Shifley. I mean, outside of Connor Hellebuck, I don't think there's any single player that can be the agent of change more than Mark um, you sat down with him. He's certainly sounding good. He's saying all the right things. Um, we'll hope to see it on the ice, but I mean, tell us about Mark, how he was, what you took from him and uh, what he had to say about, you know, uh, a disappointing year last year, the way things ended, what he had to say and uh, how things are sounding and looking very different so far. Yeah. You know, interestingly, uh, I had a 15 minute, you know, maybe almost 17 minutes with Mark Shifley and Bamp there. At the, at the the rink after one of the practices and you know it, it again it kind of going back to what are, you know what are guys saying you know uh, you, you, you kind of make a lot of judgments in in this because you know that's kind of part of it you try and read between the lines but you know listening to mark and and, and he opened up a lot and you know we haven't been in the room for the last couple seasons um it's it's been a, a, quite a while since we've had this kind of one-on-one time with players to kind of get an, a, an idea of of where they're at and you know, with Mark, it seems like he's in a better place. And he said as much, and, you know, you, you kind of talk to him about it. You try and, you know, I think a lot was lost in the pandemic in terms of, like, you know, just the humanity of, of, of everything, what everybody was going through. A lot of that, you know, you know, just because you make millions of dollars doesn't mean you, you, you dealt with it any different than, than any of us, you know, that, that, that don't make that kind of money. It's, it, it's, it's not a money thing. It, it, it's just a, it's a human thing. It's a, it's being a human being. And, you know, just listening to Mark kind of talk about how difficult, you know, the last couple of years were, uh, you know, he holds family really in close uh, you know, regard and, 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 and values that kind of time. He missed a lot of that, uh, you know, for a guy who, who is very much on structure, he likes having structure in his life, in, in his professional life, even in his personal life. A lot of that was kind of crumbled a little bit, uh, you know, with the pandemic. And, and so, you know, you, you, you hear about, you know, how he had kind of just a, you know, you know, he talks about his faith and stuff like that, but, but just to, like a summer where he could be normal again, I guess, see the people he wanted to see, go to the places he wanted to do, have the training regimen that, that, that he wanted again. Um, you know, and he, and he admitted it as much too. I mean, he needed a fresh start. And, you know, obviously that wasn't leaving Winnipeg, but I think part of that was, you know, a, a new head coach, uh, just a new set of eyes on the team, a new voice in the dressing room. I think this has probably benefited Mark Shifley more than anybody on this franchise. In this, in this, in this franchise, is having that kind of new voice, just somebody that will 
work with the way that maybe Mark needs to work. And, and I asked him because, you know, you talk about last season. I, I think a lot of people heard me, me, me when he was, you know, voicing his, you know, his, 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 his displeasure, I guess, and what was going on. And a lot of people wanted to hear, well, team, 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 right? Like, what is he going to do? You know, Mark, you know, essentially said, you know, I lost a piece of myself over the last couple of years and I had to find it. And part of that was, you know, figuring out his lot in life in Winnipeg on the ice um, with the team, what he was going to, you know, what his role was, where the team's going. I mean, I think those are just, you know, regular normal things that any of us would want, you know, from our employers or whatever, um, if, if, if you don't kind of know where your direction is. And I think Mark Shifley has regained, you know, the compass is now pointing in the right direction for Mark Shifley. And, you know, what does that mean for this season? I, I, it could be Mark Shifley could score 40 goals this year. I mean, it's kind of one of my, you know, my, I don't even know if it's a bold prediction, but, you know, for Mark Shifley to have less stress, maybe, you know, just uh, feeling like he's more supported on the ice, he could have one of the best seasons that he's had. Um, and, and you go back to that 2017 or 2018-19 season where he scored 38. I mean, he was having a really good year that year. Um, you know, if Mark Shifley can stay healthy, I mean, the sky's the limit playing with Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers. And I think there's a real excitement in him on that line too, where it, it's just, there, there's going to be a lot of, you know, it, it's very dynamic and, and there's going to be a lot of chances to create offense. But I think one of the, also the biggest thing maybe with Mark Shifley that you see the most is that he's really bought into Rick Bonus's system. You've seen him back check. You've seen him cover off the defenseman when there's a four-man attack and one of the D-man is going up. Um, those are the things that you really want to see out of Mark Shifley if you're a fan of this club because you want to see him bought in. And he, I don't think anybody really saw that over the last couple of seasons, especially last year. Um, but it looks like Mark Shifley's back and then the Mark Shifley of old um, where he's a dominant two-way kind of centerman in, this, in, in the NHL. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a great point, Scott. I mean, you mentioned structure in life. Um, I mean, Mark Shifley, to be frank, he didn't really buy into the structure of the team for a good portion of last yeah. season. And I mean, I know BA and a lot of people that are justifiably big fans of Mark will point out that, hey, the guy's the leading scorer and he's going to be he's a point-of-game guy. I mean, the difference from last year to the other seasons of Mark Shifley, I mean, he's basically been a point-of-game player for the last seven seasons. Yeah. Uh, the difference last year for the first time ever was he was a minus 17 on the year. He had never even been in a minus in his entire career other right. than the previous season at a minus four. And we really did see that drop off. But again, that's in the past. Rick Bonus has basically said what he needs from these players and was very clear at the beginning of camp with some yeah. public statements that he also made to them. You can't be taking one-minute shifts, and we need you to skate. And he said that today in practice, I imagine. You yep. can maybe touch on that. We need you guys going as fast into our end as you are going the other way. And if Shifley yep. does all of that, playing with Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers, arguably the two most talented wingers he's ever had on his line at the same time, not only could he have a career year, that can be the catalyst for a big turnaround with the Winnipeg Jets. And I don't think it's crazy to say that Connor, Shifley, and Ehlers, if things really click, could be one of the top lines in the entire National Hockey League. So one of my predictions in my season preview that will be out later today is that Kyle Connor scores 50, Mark Shifley scores 40, and Nikolai Ehlers finally hits the 30-goal the mark in his career. You add all that up, that's 120 goals um, between that line. Uh, Ooh. That will be untouchable. Well, it, it might not be untouchable, but it'll be up there. Uh, with with the best in the league, 
And, and I think the reason for that is because Rick Bonus has allowed that line the capacity to play the way that they want to play within the structure. Don't get me wrong. Rick Bonus told us earlier in camp that nobody's above the system and everybody's going to be doing it. And perhaps one of the quotes of Banff the whole trip was when we sat down with Rick Bonus on Sunday and he said, nobody gets a free pass. Um, and, 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 you know, that is something, again, I think a lot of people, a lot of fans have watched this team seeing this line, some of these top players get free passes before. Uh, don't expect that this year. I mean, you know, Rick Bonus was barking at guys today in practice and said it after practice today. Again, he runs the team. Uh, he's made it very clear, uh, I mean, even stripping Blake Weir of the captaincy, um, made it very clear that uh, you know, who's running the show here, and it's Rick Bonus. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm looking at, again, Nikolai Ehlers, if you look at a guy like him, being given the opportunity to, to start on the top line, and, and it's not even a question mark. Kyle Connor coming off a 47-goal year where probably, I mean, with you know not missing a couple games, probably would have hit 50. Mark Shifley, like you said, a point-per-game player, when he may not care that much about playing the game at times, that's in like that's that's how good Mark Shifley is, right? Uh, minus seventeen and all. Here's a guy who was a point per game player when when he felt like he had, was lost out there on the ice. I mean, so it, it's almost automatic that Mark Shifley's offense is just there. It's baked into who he is as a player. Um, give him some motivation. Get it, you know, get that mojo back in his game. Um, you know, it, how do you not see this team, this line at least, being like, you know, the top line in Dallas where, you know, they were leaned on a lot for offense. But, you know, you also got to think, I mean, that line's also going to be together on the first power play unit too. Uh, so it, it, there, there's a lot, a lot of opportunity for this line. It might be one of the most exciting lines to watch in the league. And it's because, I mean, they can score at will. They have a lot of creativity. There's two very, very good playmakers on that line. And, and I mean, and I'm not even counting Cal Connor in that. And he's a very good playmaker as well as, as, as one of the premier shooters in the NHL. So, I mean, it is a bold prediction that they might get to 120 goals. But also, I mean, I think it's there. I think this team has the belief and that line has that belief that they can run with the, you know, the, the, the Connor McDavid lines and the Sidney Crosby lines and, and, and the Steven Stamko Kucherov lines and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, Ranton, and those guys. Um, I think there's a belief here, and 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 not just a belief, but like the motivation this year to really kind of get back to playing that brand of hockey, and also being a you know uh, being able to play defense. Like I, I don't think this line is going to sacrifice as much scoring by playing the way that Rick Bonus wants them to play. Um, I think it's actually just going to help them, and and part of that line too is going to be just dominating in the offensive zone. And we saw that. We saw that, Scott. Have to play. You know, in the right. in Calgary, I mean, one of those goals came off a great forecheck from Kyle Connor. Next exactly. thing you know, those guys have the puck in the other team's zone, and more often than not, they're going to get a great chance out of it. And, you know, exactly. obviously yeah. you were there. I mean, you know, as good as, you know, the stuff that ends up on the highlights, the thing that I think we all need to see is that commitment to exactly what Rick Bonus is asking his team to do, be as tenacious and energetic defensively as you are offensively. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and hey, listen, so far so good. And those guys have looked great in the preseason. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. Yeah. I do want to ask you about Blake, um, uh, Blake Wheeler. Yeah. Um, okay. You've been around. This is this is a, a really interesting, uh, interesting. This is a tough situation for him. I mean, it's a bit of humble pie. It's a very different situation that he's been in before. There is a bit of a changing of guard with the team, and he is still here. Um, 
What have you seen from him, especially out there? I mean, how is he handled everything in your opinion so far from camp? And um, how important will it be for him to be sort of accepting in good spirits? Because he's still a very, very important player on this hockey team from where I'm sitting. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you've watched this camp as much as, you know, you have or I have or even, you know, the, some of the viewers have, I don't think you see a Blake Wheeler that's that that's kind of turned himself off just because he lost the captaincy. No, not at all. Um, exactly. And, and I think that's I, I think that says speaks volumes about, you know, Blake Wheeler's ability to kind of weather this storm in his career. And, you know, don't get me wrong. It, you know, Blake Wheeler has an ego, of course, like a lot of these players do. Getting stripped of the captaincy in the Canadian market is is, is no is no small thing. Um, Blake has handled it really well, uh, and you know, uh, a lot most people didn't see this because you know there were not a lot of cameras in Banff and that sort of thing. There's this two on two drill uh, on Tuesday. Um, he's playing with Morgan Barron, and, and and Blake sets up Morgan Barron on this one timer and rips it past David Riddick. And you know, Blake Wheeler might have been have the biggest smile on his face there. Um, and him and Morgan Barron kind of embraced on the ice, kind of high fived. It was a, you know, it was a bit of a, you know, just kind of a, a fun moment for those guys. But it, it's just one of those things where, you know, you, you, you're trying to look for signs, right? It, does Blake look de- dejected? Um, is he not skating as hard as he can in practice? Um, you know, we'll see in the games. He only played a couple in preseason, so not one of those things. But even then, even then, when Cole Perfetti gets drilled from behind in, in last Friday in Calgary. And I'm watching it from the press box there and just looking down. And who's the first guy in trying to grab, uh, I think it was Kadri that hit him that time. It's Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler's on the ice going after guys. I, I think Blake Wheeler, I, I don't want to say if anything, he's more of a leader now than he was before. But he's really kind of showing what he, um, showing, I remember in, early on he said, if you think I've, if I'm, I'm my, uh, in my leadership or if you think I'm going anywhere, you're kind of sorely mistaken. I think Blake Wheeler has lived up to that. I, I don't think anybody's been mistaken here. Blake Wheeler is still, you know, in, in essence, wearing the C, even though it's not on his jersey. He's still a big part of this leadership group, I think. And I think he's, you know, handled it as well as he can. Um, he's still helping out the younger players. You just watch it in practice. Um, you know, Blake Wheeler doesn't, I mean, he may have wanted to leave in the summer. Um, I think, it, you know, at the same, while that wasn't surprising, I think, you know, I agreed with Blake Wheeler when he said, Part of it was, you know, why wouldn't I kind of think of that sort of thing after the season we had? And maybe maybe his voice was waning a little bit in, in the locker room. But, you know, I think Blake Wheeler over time has embraced the situation that he finds himself in. And, and, and I think he's, you know, I think he's on the road to, to, to being a, a, a still a useful player for this team. I, again, Blake Wheeler was also not far off from being a point-per-game player last year. Um, and and exactly. obviously father time, is, yeah, and father time is catching up to him. You know, let's not mistake it, but I don't think I don't think it's in Blake Wheeler, just the competitor that he is, to kind of sit there and just kind of stand back and kind of maybe not play as hard. Um, Blake Wheeler has always oh. given his all for his team, and I don't think anybody will ever argue that he's played injured millions of times. You know, it, it that's the way Blake Wheeler is wired, and I think you know after the initial shock of getting stripped of the sea, I think now he's kind of. Yeah, he's just he's Blake Wheeler again, just without a, without a letter on his chest anymore. Well, and, and, and you know, I I kind of said this at the time that it happened because I mean, this is a big change for the hockey club, for the organization, for a lot of the other players in that room. And Blake's a guy that no matter what, guys will continue to look at for 
right. being a leadership for being a guy that you know that sort of you know is ahead of the pack and the greatest example of leadership that he could possibly have is handling this with humility with acceptance exactly and still coming to work every night doing whatever he can he can do to help this team win and if that happens i think it's a huge for the group I think yeah. it'll be great for him. And as we've said before, I mean, there could be something liberating about this for Blake as tough as some of the interviews and the conversations he's probably had to have through camp. Once things get going, we know about this new group. Adam Lowry's going to be wearing an A along with Josh Morrissey and Mark Shifley to begin the season. Um, won't have to talk about it and worry about wins and losses and making things happen on the ice. I will say this, and I'm going to hit this with Dennis a little later on, but... You know, we talked about the high octane power of Jets line one for guys like us that like interesting storylines and stories. I'm not sure that Blake Wheeler in his situation, Pierre-Luc Dubois in his situation and Cole Perfetti getting the opportunity and really being relied on as a very young player, technically a rookie playing top six minutes. The storylines around the line two of the Winnipeg Jets might be as interesting as any line in the National Hockey League, Scott. Oh, 100%. First of all, I mean, you got Pierre-Luc Dubois who's be looking. Whatever is going to happen with Pierre-Luc Dubois in the future, all of it right now is about maximizing how much he is earning, like maximizing his earning potential. But, you know, we talked to Pierre-Luc Dubois today, and, and he still talks about the same things he talked about when he came in. He still wants to become this you know, this two-way player that's that's leaned upon in the final minute of the game, whether the Jets are up a goal or down a goal, he wants to be looked at as that player that they can send on the ice and trusted that way. Um, you know, I think, you know, no, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois' season last year left no doubts about how good he can be. Um, and there's still a lot of room to grow, and he'll be the first one to admit that. Um, but, you know, let's not forget, he's only 24. Uh, you know, this is a guy who still has a, a long way to go to become that dominant player. And he's already, you know, pretty good in that regard. He's built this chemistry with Cole Perfetti that, um, you know, it, it was it's almost like Pierre Dubois can play with anybody. If you look at what you know, we watched last year with you know Svechnikov and Kyle Connor and how that kind of line kind of rose to prominence early on in the year. Um, the, the, obviously, the chemistry he he built almost season long with Kyle Connor. Um, he's doing that, you know, again with Cole Perfetti. And those two seem to be really on the same page when it comes to, um, uh, you know, just where each other is, reading off each other on the ice, where each other is going to be, that sort of thing. Um, Cole Perfetti, I mean, you know, I, we talk so much in this training camp about fourth lines, third lines, defensive battles, Brad Lambert, all this stuff. And meanwhile, Cole Perfetti's having this quietly, you know, incredible camp where, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like he's a veteran. Uh, and here's a guy that you know may have been in the OHL this year still as an overager, um, if not for you know for COVID and that sort of thing, right? He would not have had maybe this opportunity at all, and we wouldn't know what Cole Perfetti's like if not for COVID and the OHL shutting down and this agreement between the OHL and the NHL that allow you know some of these players who played a lot of games during uh, the 2021 season um, that that could you know just graduate right to the NHL or at least the AHL. I think Cole Perfetti um, quietly, uh, it, well, not even quietly. I mean, everybody who watches him knows what he's capable of, the vision. Um, you know, we were talking about this a little bit this morning. Uh, he may not be the fastest player or has the hardest shot, um, but he has every all these intangibles. He has all the skill um, to, to, to be good, and you just watch him. He, he's so smart. He knows where to be uh, you know, in passing lanes and stuff like that. 
quick, uh, you know, back checks to get, you know, lift sticks and, and create turnovers. Uh, and then he does have a shot. I mean, here's a guy who can make a play um, who's quick on his feet still enough to make a nice little deke or a little dipsy doodle um, to, 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 to make a play and get a shot on goal. Um, and, and then Blake Wheeler, yeah, on the side. I mean, Blake Wheeler, good, you know, one of the most, you know, one of the elite passers in this game. Um, what does that do to a line where you have a couple of offensive options in terms of shooting in, in Dubois and even Perfetti? Um, yeah, like, I mean, I think the sky's the limit kind of for that line. Um, I, you know, I'm interested to see how kind of Blake works on that line over the course of the season, um, how his body kind of wears on, on, on it as he kind of gets up there in age. Um, at least for you know NHL standards, because I'm 36 too, and uh, I don't want to feel that old. But uh, but yeah, you know, like I, I think, uh, yeah, I just I, I think that line has a lot of potential, um, and I'm interested to see kind of how much Rick Bonus uses that line because in Dallas he didn't really have kind of you know that second kind of scoring line, um, and now he does. I mean, he has that with this Dubois Perfetti Wheeler line. Well, you know so what I think about that line to too. You yeah. know what I, I think, and we saw this last year, and I think I might have mentioned this earlier, um, talking about Kyle Connor. But when Connor and Dubois started playing together last year, Kyle Connor figured out very quickly the PLD was taking the puck to the net. Right, he yeah. was bull rushing the net more often than not. And you saw game by game, Kyle Connor realized that if he got a little bit closer to the blue paint, there was going to yeah. be some real easy ones for him. And that was a nice yeah. little chunk of that 47 that he dropped yesterday. And you talk about the cerebral nature of Perfetti's game. Yep. And listen, is he a guy that's going to be blowing guys up in the corner in front of the net? No. But I really do think that the, the connection of what Perfetti brings to the table with having that sort of sixth sense about where the puck is going and knowing that if he can sort of follow PLD in there or be in and around the net – there'll be plenty of rebounds and some of the goals might not be as pretty, but they all score. They all count the same. And yeah. uh, I think that the two lines will look quite different in the way that they generate offense. Um, but that number yeah. two line, and I'll put Blake Wheeler in there as well. I mean, he might not be the guy doing the rushing to the front of the net like he did earlier in his career so well, but I think with the way Dubois in particular is able to put his shoulder down and get the puck into the areas where goals are scored, it's going to really benefit Perfetti in particular, but I think Blake Wheeler as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that one of the things that happens when Pierre Dubois goes to net like that, uh, it creates confusion, you know, among the defenders. There's a couple of guys that are going to try and do something. Well, it, you know, if, if Cole Perfetti finds himself some of the soft ice where there's no defenders, he's got an easy outlet to, or Dubois to have an easy outlet to make a quick pass, uh, you know, and, and, and look at a, probably a gaping cage. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of potential for that line. You're right. They're going to look a lot different, I think. I mean, uh, you know, the skill on Shifley's line, uh, the creativity, um, you know, it's it, that that's going to be very, uh, well, I, I keep using the word dynamic, but that, that's what it's going to be. It, uh, the Dubois line is going to be more of your kind of, more of your kind of, you know, meat and potatoes type of offense, if that makes sense. Um, you know, they're going to get in there, they're going to grind it down, and then they're going to, you know, they're going to create their chances. Um, it'll be a bigger line, perhaps, you know, a little bit more beefy. I, I know that Nicole Perfetti is not the biggest guy, but, I mean, you know, Blake and and and, and, and Pierre-Luc are, are, are two big bodies on that ice. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of potential here. You know, I, I, this team has made a, a real... Uh, I, I think it's been more organic than anything, but they haven't really talked about expectations a whole lot this year. 
Um, I asked Rick Bonus about it today and he kind of admitted, okay, well, you know, we want to be a playoff team. Well, I get that every team wants to be a playoff team, but it, you know, it, a part of it, I think, is, you know, I, I don't think this team, and, and, and Connor Helbach said early on and said it again in Banff, that, you know, expectations can kill a team. Um, you know, I think this team is kind of a little hesitant to know what the, exactly they are right now, but I think they're confident in what they know they can be. Um, and I think that's kind of where, um, you know, there's going to be some excitement for fans. I mean, who knows? I mean, tomorrow they're playing the Rangers team uh, against, you know, that, that have played three games in four nights and will be coming off the back-to-back. You know, there's been times where the Jets have played teams coming off the back-to-back and, and, and kind of gotten beat by them, and, and it hasn't been good. I'm expecting the Jets to go out tomorrow night and kind of show what they can do. I think there's a lot of motivation among this team. For sure. And there's a lot of players on this team that still think um, and, and will continue to think that they have a lot to prove and they're hungry to do so. And I think that's maybe what's been different this season more than anything is there's a real motivation, a real hunger to kind of prove a point this year. Yeah, I'm here. I'm fully here for a chip on your shoulder narrative, <laughs> uh, but but let's see it on the ice beginning tomorrow exactly. against the New York Rangers. Scott, we'll see you at the rink tomorrow. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Thank good you. Good stuff. There's Scott Billick. You can check out. Check his Twitter. He's got links to all of it, but a really good sit down with Mark Scheifele that we talked about a little later on. All right. Rewicki coming up right now. Um, but here is our why not question of the day. And we'll talk about this with Brandon right away. We'll, we'll put it to you uh, and hit us up in the comments with your answers. How many games does you think Billy Hanela plays this year for the Winnipeg Jets? Obviously starting the season with the Manitoba Moose and man, this Moose roster getting Brad Lambert and now Don Toninato is going to look as strong as I think we've seen in a long, long time. But Billy Hanel in particular, there's been a lot of talk about him being sent down. How many games do you think Billy Hanel plays with the Jets in the NHL this season? That is today's why not question of the day. And hey, speaking of our friends at Not Auto Corp, just great sponsors of ours from day one. They're the Tesla experts in Winnipeg. If you've been thinking about moving on to an electric vehicle, pop down to Knot and talk to them about the Tesla experience. Overnight or weekend-long Tesla experiences are now available. An opportunity to learn everything about electric vehicles and technology from the Tesla experts. And for Tesla vehicles, payments from $4.99 bi-weekly and no gas expenses. And of course, if you need service, or the Car Lab available right now. They got winter tire specials and an MPI payment plan. Why not get safe winter tires now and pay later? Whatever your needs are, not Autocorp's got you covered. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price at Not? Pop down and see him, Waverly and McGilvery, and online at Not.ca. Well, Royal Sports is ready to go for puck drop, and of course, another push for the Bombers to uh, make it a three-peat. Um, if you haven't been to Royal Sports, you are missing out because Royal has the biggest and best selection of licensed merchandise for all the home teams, Jets, Bombers, not to mention your other favorite teams from the National Hockey League, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and tons of Canada soccer gear just in time for the World Cup. And of course, Royal is also the hockey experts for 40 years, family owned, pop down for all of your hockey needs. All the way down to skate sharpening with hockey players working there to get you the best sharpening for your best performance on the ice. Royal Sports 750 Pembina Highway. And of course, you can also follow them on Instagram over at Royal Sports Pembina. Uh, we had a great time doing our suit show last Friday. 
a lot better because uh, we got hooked up from our friends over at F Apparel. The entire process was great. All you had to do uh, was go in, get measured, pick out, you know, your style, color, fabrics. And a few weeks later, got a great custom suit at a great price from F Apparel. Got a couple great deals right now. Buy one suit, get another for 30% off. For those of you that need a wardrobe refresh or wearing suits every day, a great option. And also right now for wedding parties, if you book now and get fitted before the end of November, 10% off and a free shirt for everybody in the wedding party. That's savings of up to 130 bucks per person. Find out more. Well, F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown, and online at F, that's E-P-H-Apparel.com. All right, let's get Ruwiki in here. Uh, Dennis Bayak still to come, and Nolan Baumgartner on the program. Brandon, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How's it going over there? Well, good. I mean, can't wait for this game. Uh, you know, we had a couple games last night. Big slate of games tonight, uh, although I'm sure we'll all be just glued to the television for the Commanders and Bears on Thursday Night Football. <laughs> But um, let's talk Jets right now. You know, something that we didn't get to very much earlier with Scott and off the top of the program was sort of big news coming out of yesterday's show. Brad Lambert has a deal. He's got his ELC. He'll be playing with the Manitoba Moose. Thoughts on his potential for this season? What makes the most sense for him? And um, how much of a, a big year do you think he could have? And might we see him at some point, depending on what happens with the big club injury-wise? Yeah, you know, I think there's a very realistic chance that that we see Brad Lambert at some point this season. I mean, it's it's pretty rare for a team's entire top six to go unscathed, right? And and when you look at the lineup the Jets have right now in in their bottom six, I mean, you'd probably feel okay with Mason Appleton popping up there for a few games, maybe Sam Gagne in in case of emergency, you break and see if the old vet can give you a couple of games. And uh, a blast from the past back to 07. But like, other than that, there's not a ton of options for this team in terms of if they lose a guy on one of their top two lines out there on the wing to inject some speed and some skill into it. So, I, I, yeah, I, I think I think we will see Brad Lambert at some point this year. I, I don't really expect him to, you know, make the jump to the Jets and then be a point-of-game player and we, we never see him wear a Moose jersey again. You know, I, I think for me... I think fair expectations for for Brad Lambert would be to, you know, get pretty close to playing a full slate of games with the Moose, have him playing on their top six, on their first power play unit, and then, I don't know, 50, 60 points in 80 games? I think that would be a really good season for the kid. And then from that point on, you're hoping that he could make a bit of a push to be in your middle six if you're the Winnipeg Jets going into next season. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, and I think they've handled this perfectly. I think it makes sense for him to be the, in the American Hockey League as opposed to playing in junior from what we saw over the course of training camp. And I know there's a lot of people that wanted to see him start the season with the Jets, but let's assume that he won't play more than nine games so the contract doesn't kick in. I would argue having him start in the Manitoba Moose, play the first few months in the American Hockey League, get used to it, improve, feel comfortable playing against men in a very, very competitive league like the A. If there is a need due to injuries, you can pop up for a game or two. But it wouldn't surprise me if he has a great season that all of a sudden at the end of the year, like we've seen so many times before, all of a sudden he becomes an option for Rick Bonus if this team is needing a little bit more pop at the end of the season or potentially into the playoffs. So um, great news that Brad Lambert signed and 
going to be a lot of fun watching these moose games. Billy Hanel is another part of this moose equation right out of the gate. And I'm not necessarily one that thinks that he's going to be down there for an extended period. But let me ask you about Billy's situation right now. What makes the most sense for the team, first and foremost, to win hockey games? Um, and how much do you think we'll see Billy in the lineup this year for the Winnipeg Jets, despite being sent down? I don't, I don't know how much we're going to see him. In, in all honesty, I guess I mean, it depends what, on the health of Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk first and foremost. That's all it is, right? Like if if everybody stays relatively healthy, I mean it's it's pretty clear where the Jets have him in the pecking order. I mean they could say what they want in terms of it's better for him to play with the Moose than it is to be with the Jets, and, and there is some truth to that. But could you not say the same with Dylan Sandberg? That it would be best for him to be playing 20 plus minutes a night with the Moose as opposed to potentially, you know, if, if you look at the D pairings right now, being this team's seventh defenseman. I I don't know, man. I, I am not going to be shocked whatsoever if Billy Hainel plays 10, 15 games for the Jets this year. I, I, I don't see a path moving forward that, that gets him more ice time, barring, I think, multiple injuries. I don't even think it's one injury. I think there needs to be a couple of injuries before the Jets look at calling him up there. And, you know, it's, again, it's a crappy situation that's really of, of the Jets' own doing in that, you know, you would think at some point here, we, we talked about this, how many times did we talk about this going into training camp, right? There's There's got to be a move. There's got to be a move. There's got to be a move. There's there no, was way. no there's move. No way. There was no move. I told you there was going to be no move. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you see the Edmonton game last night. What was it, 17 skaters? For the Oilers? Yeah. Vegas, Vegas, I think, is in a similar situation. We're, we're going to see, I don't know, a half dozen teams early on in the season go with under 18 skaters because of their cap situation. At, at some point, it becomes untenable for those teams, and they're going to have to make a move. And and we'll keep throwing Pugliarvi out there until something happens with the Oilers because I don't know what else their options are in terms of trimming salary. So, I mean, like, I, I guess you try to wait for that other shoe to drop if you're Chevy here, but I'm I'm not going to get my hopes up. And it sucks because I think you could make the case, honestly, Hain while while none of them were great, that Hainala had the best trading cap and exhibition season out of any of the three Jets youngsters on the blue line there. And his reward is eighth, ninth spot in the organization. Yeah, well, I, I mean, listen, I, I while I'm still very optimistic about Hainala's, um potential moving forward, I, and I'm a big fan of his, and I would have loved him to be in the opening night lineup, it's not like he was so good in the preseason that he made it impossible right. to send down. And I mean, unfortunately in his situation, that's sort of what he had to do. And as far as Samberg goes, and I know that'll be people that'll maybe roll their eyes. If Stanley is the guy that it seems like he's going to be in for the first night. Um, I absolutely expect Dylan Samberg to be in, whether it's game two or game three to mix those guys in and out. And, I think there is going to be, much like training camp sort of seemed to be, an ongoing competition for one guy to step up and really show that they're clearly the choice to be in that lineup and playing with Nate Schmidt. And, you know, Logan Stanley might get that first opera opportunity, uh, but I still believe that Stanley has to do a number of things much better than he did last year if he wants to stay in the lineup, especially with the amount of competition that is in and around him right now on that depth chart. Yeah, it might be game two, Huss. <laughs> like Sam, absolutely. If, if, it, if it's average to below average, I'm not going to be shocked to to see Rick Bonus have Dylan Sandberg on the shoulder. Say away you go, and then we we never see Dylan Sandberg in the press box ever again. It, it what's interesting to me about this whole situation is just 
it, and I get I get the thinking behind this from the Jets side of things, and that right now they're looking more so for, let's call it a risk averse, defensive oriented, third pair guy that can chip in and kill penalties for you. That's that's not despite his stature, that's not Logan Stanley's game. Like he's very very risky. He if anything almost leans a little bit offensive oriented and trying to push the you know push the puck towards the net. And and get into the play, and sometimes he's, he's pretty sneaky good in, in terms of cutting towards the net. And his, I think his offensive instincts are, are maybe a little bit underrated compared to the rest of his game. But but Logan Stanley, just because he's six foot seven, doesn't mean that he's a stay at home defenseman. Like he struggles inside his own zone. You can look at the shot charts and and everything like that, and it's it's pretty clear that you know teams are teeing off on the Jets when he's on the ice. But he's able to you know try to combat that with a lot of volume going in the offensive zone, throwing the puck on the opposing netminder. So it's, it's just intriguing to me that, you know, you look at the the physical numbers there, you kind of pinpoint Stanley as a stay-at-home defenseman. When for me, it's, it's Dylan Sandberg that's primed for that spot in this top six. Like, I, I, I'll i still maintain, even though he didn't have the best of training camps, to me, he was better than Stanley in preseason. I think leaps and bounds better than him in, in the last regular season, playing top four minutes as well beside Neil Pionk. To me, he was the guy going in. There was no reason for him not to be the guy in game one here. But, you know, like like he touched on there, I'm not going to be surprised if we see Dylan Sandberg get into the lineup in, in one of these first few games. And I, I think he's going to bounce back. And I think we'll see him stick and stay inside the top six for the foreseeable future. Brandon Rewicki with us. Make sure you check out Skates and Plates. Download the podcast and subscribe wherever you get Winnipeg Sports Talk and your other favorite podcasts. Brandon, looking at this team going into tomorrow night's game number one, is there a player that maybe we haven't been talking about very much through training camp that you think is poised to exceed expectations or a player that you think maybe wouldn't be thought of as being very crucial to success that is sort of poised to be that guy next season for the club? You know, I think... It, it may not necessarily fall into one of the buckets you mentioned, but I'm very intrigued, and maybe an under-the-radar guy, is, is Brendan Dillon, because he was brought in last year to kind of, in a way, help solve this team's defensive woes and be, Absolutely. be a man-boulder, man boulder, you know, kick ass inside the defensive zone, take names, and maybe pitch in a little bit offensively as well. And And he had... He had a pretty disappointing year last year. He just wasn't the level of impact that I think a lot of people were expecting. And he's being given the same chance going into this season as, as a top four guy playing beside Neil Pionk. You, you know, depending on how Rick Bonus deploys his, his top four, potentially, you know, be this team's quote unquote shutdown pairing. They they need they need Brendan Dillon to play and, and, and to play extremely well. Because if that's not the case, then you know Dylan Sandberg is the next man up. And and if if Brendan Dillon isn't playing well, you know, that that three plus million dollar cap hit would certainly look pretty good up front with how this bottom six is looking to be a pretty underwhelming group to start the year. So so that's a guy that I'm I'm really intrigued to watch. I don't know if I have a sense like optimistic or pessimistic as to how his season's going to go, but he didn't have a great year last year. You you would think though that playing with a coach like Rick Bonus will bring a lot more structure you might see his style of game bode better for somebody like rick bonus where everybody's where they're supposed to be and he can just go out there and be physical and be a menace and clear the front of the net and i i think there is a, a semi-impactful player there 
We just haven't seen it yet here in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of things. And, you know, many people will tell you that as much as the defense men had issues in their own end, I mean, a big part of it was the lack of commitment from the other guys on the ice with them. And that's something that Rick Bonus has been hammering on over and over again. I mean, for me, uh, the other guy that I think uh, everyone is looking at, focusing on, that needs to have a big bounce back season to where he was the year before is Neil Pionk. And, you know, Neil Pionk at his best has been a top defenseman on the Winnipeg Jets, capable of playing effective, big top four minutes. Um, and again, I'm not sure whether it was, you know, the aftermath of the uh, the, the hit in Toronto and the, the flying knee from Spezza, um, but he wasn't himself, it seemed, in the second half of last season. And if they can have Josh Morrissey have the season he had last year and get Neil Pionk to where he was the year before, um, that would be huge, huge for the blue line. Um, just before we roll... There's a lot of talk about the bottom six last year and lack their lack of production. What do you think of this fourth line uh, that we're going to see tomorrow night? Manalainen, Gustafson, and Sam Gagne, all newcomers that were not on the roster. Gustafson was for a couple of shifts when he got in, but that was about it. Um, can we expect more from this line? Uh, are, are you optimistic? What do you think about the uh, the fourth line that Rick Bonus will be showing out? Or is it completely unknown? And uh, I guess we'll find out tomorrow night. Yeah, I would say I guess we'll find out tomorrow night. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, Gus has had limited NHL action. Menelainen, I mean, people would have thought that was like a finished chicken dinner if you asked them what that meant like three weeks ago. And now he's almost he almost worked himself into a third line role. And and Sam Gagne was kind of like this afterthought PTO a, a month ago as well. So I yeah, I, I would say I'm feeling a little bit optimistic about it. I, I liked in the preseason that David Gustafson looked to have improved his offensive game. I think he was seeing the play better offensively. It wasn't just let's shovel the puck towards the net and, and get a greasy one. He was actually looking to make a play, and I thought he made some nice passes as well. I mean, his his own half of the ice, he's kind of like Andrew Cobb light, right? Like Andrew Cobb came in and it was, we got to work on this guy's offensive game because defensively the kid's great. I think the same is, is there with David Gustafson. Thankfully, he's not, you know, being asked to contribute a ton here. But I, I think, I think I feel pretty decent about it. I, well, Sam I, Gagne, I Sam Gagne is so interesting, and we saw what he did on the power play. And I mean, obviously, it'll be very different in a fourth line role and getting out there with the man advantage. But he was a productive player last year in Detroit, and you know, having a veteran with that sort of experience, I think, is uh, is a great way to start it off with Gus and, of course, Manalainen, who hasn't been here in North America for the last four years. Yeah, I, you know, I think I think we've seen Tampa Bay and other teams do this to great success. I I honestly believe that a good fourth line of the NHL should have a former high-end first-round pick on it. That's in their mid-30. Like I I really believe that. I mean, Corey Perry's Corey Perry just goes to cup final after cup final. Now Sam Gagne isn't in that mold obviously, but I I think there's a ton of value to having somebody like that down there at the fourth line. And and he can kind of guide Gustafson and, and maybe even Manaline to an extent. It's funny. I, I I think I feel better about the team's fourth line than I do about the third line, in all honesty. There's there's a and I I'm hey, I like Borgen Barron's game. I'm a I'm a bigger Appleton fan than most, I think, but there are legitimate questions as to how much they're gonna produce offensive. I mean that people are making the comparison of you know, the Radic Foxa line uh, in Rick Bonus's last year in Dallas, how they were just used as a shutdown line. They didn't give any offense up, but they didn't really produce a lot of offense. And, and Rick Bonus was pretty happy with that trade off, it seemed like. 
Uh, I, I'd be a little worried that the Jets are trending down towards that path here. Like, I, I do wonder, I, I just wonder how much they're going to produce and if that's going to be enough, especially when we saw last year. You know, the Jets very rarely had their top six, their top two lines humming at the same time. I think you can count on, on one of their top two lines to, to be going offensively. But if they're only getting one line producing, I, I I think there are some concerns that, you know, Lowry Appleton Barron might not have enough playmaking chops to get it done to chip in a goal when this team is, you know, trying to win maybe a 2-1 or a 3-2 game. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I'm very intrigued as to what Morgan Barron can show and do on that line. And I'll say this, I, I'm I'm bullish on Adam Lowry. I know there's some people that don't think that he's able to do it. I thought that once he was emancipated from Christian Veselainen last year <laughs> and played in the last 25, 30 games of the year, that was some of the best we've seen of Adam Lowry. There was a ton of scoring chances. And I mean, even what he was doing on the PK was generating a number of good scoring chances. And, you know, I think with the A on his chest right now, a bigger role in the room or maybe being recognized of it, um, I'm optimistic on what Lowry can do, and uh, I'll be uh, very intrigued as to see what uh, that group can do together because you are right. It is very important that they need to get something out of that. But maybe first and foremost, be a, a line that you can count on going up against top competition and not spend the entire um, uh, shift in your own end. Brandon, first day tomorrow. I know you usually drop skates and plates on Friday. Uh, fill us in. Do you have the, uh, a super mega preview like us? Or are you going to wait till after the game and uh, give people something on the weekend to chew on after they drop the puck on one of 82? It'll be Saturday delight, baby. We're waiting. We're waiting till the game. We did. We did the prediction preview thing on Tuesday. There there's, there's nothing else to talk about. I, I want to break down a hockey game. So it's going to come out uh, Saturday morning instead of Friday there. So I'm Jack, man. I'm, yeah, I'm ready God, to go. Yeah. God knows we've had enough uh, time to do super mega jets previews with. The yeah. No more. And by the way, how bizarre is it? And again, I, uh, we banned time zone conversation on this show last year. Um, but how bizarre is it that the jets are playing their home opener against a team playing the second night of back to backs and the third night and four. It, the, the, like, I'll take I, I it. Talked, Don't get me wrong. I talked about just... this. Look, I talked about this on Tuesday. The NHL schedule makers <laughs> produced the rarest of W's last year in the playoffs in the first round when they went to staggered start times for the first time in league history. Games on different days, everything. Every single fan loved it. And the NHL said, wow, everybody loves the way that we've crafted this schedule. Let's make sure to never do that ever again. And the schedule <laughs> stinks again this year. The Rangers are getting screwed. The Leafs are getting screwed. Everyone's getting screwed. And the Jets haven't started their season. They'll start their season a week after the opening game of the year started. And on top of that, you have the defending champion, Colorado Avalanche, being like 10th out of the gate to raise the cup. It's just, it's such a joke. I thought the NHL had it figured out, but... We're, uh, we're, we're back to step one there. So may, maybe in 2028, we can have staggered start times and the defending cup champs opening up the NHL season and doing so on Canadian Thanksgiving, which is something the league has screwed up for a couple decades as well. Listen, you're on the wrong show, my friend, if you're looking for sympathy for the New York Rangers or the Toronto Maple <laughs> Leafs. I will tell enough, you that. Uh, hey, bud, uh, great stuff. Can't wait to do this throughout the season. I'll look forward to a Saturday edition of Skates and Plates after the first game, and uh, we'll catch up next week. Uh, enjoy opening weekend for the Winnipeg Jets. Beauty, sounds good. And, and say hi to Dennis for me as well. I will. He's uh, coming up next, our old pal Dennis Bayak. Just before we do that, um, 
Don't forget, why not question of the day in the comments. Hit us up with uh, your thoughts on how many games you expect Billy Hanela to play today. And by the way, we've got a huge crowd for the show. If you haven't been here before, welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Make sure you hit that red subscribe button. We're live every day at 1 o'clock p.m. Central, Monday to Friday. And for those of you that prefer or would like to also get the audio feed for you for your podcast listening in the vehicle, uh, the fresh content is out about 3.30 each and every day. So wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, just make sure you subscribe to the podcast there as well. Um, all right. We will be getting to Dennis Bayak in just a minute. Uh, but I do want to thank our friends at Princess Auto for the great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk and, of course, the Blue Bombers. And while the Bombers are on the road this weekend in BC without Zach Calero starting, Drew Brown's going to get the nod Uh following two weeks from now, I guess, or the 28th will be the final home game against BC. You know the place to be beforehand. It's the Princess Auto tailgate zone, adding some fire pits, hot chocolate, and more. Atmosphere has been incredible before the games this year. If you are heading to Blue Bomber football, get there early and get to the Princess Auto tailgate zone. Uh, $5 beers, three fifty pop and hot dogs, DJ finesse spinning. Of course, Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at princess auto two winnipeg locations panet road portage avenue west and you can shop online 24 7 365 at princessauto.com our friends at culligan water continue to be the go-to folks for all water products and services in town hey family owned and doing it in the province for over 65 years. Culligan's got everything for you. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, not to mention commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whether it's needs for your home, your cottage, or your business, the Culligan man has you covered. Pop down and see them at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. You can give them a call at 694-5180 or hit them up online at drinkculligan.com. Uh, one of the other very popular beverages, we were just talking about the uh, Princess Auto tailgate zone, saw a lot of people enjoying a Canadian club and ginger ale, both outside and inside at the game. Of course, Canadian clubs, the official sponsor of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the official spirit. Uh, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey is available throughout IG Field on Bomber game days and all events at IG Field as is the ready-to-drink CC and ginger in cans. And the next time you're popping in your local beer stores to grab some suds, pick up a six-pack of the new CC and ginger as well. And uh, big thanks to Canadian Club for their sponsorship of the Marble Race. And we'll have another Marble Race tomorrow on opening night for the Winnipeg Jets, working on a very special location for tomorrow's show as well. And hey, just before we bring in Dennis Bayak, had a great night at Boston Pizza last night watching the hockey games tonight. Obviously, a little NFL, a little NHL as well. And uh, NFL, Boston Pizza is the place to be. BP Pizza flights, ice cold bud draft on special for five bucks every game. And you can enter to win one of two grand prize trips for two for an NFL weekend in Vegas, including airfare, hotel, NFL game tickets, and a bonus NHL game. Watch the NFL and enter to win at any Winnipeg, Selkirk, Steinbach, Morden, and Portage Boston Pizza location. All right, Nolan Baumgartner back in town with the Manitoba Moose is going to join us a little later on in the program, but right now, let's welcome in the longtime voice of the Winnipeg Jets, 
who's moved on. Dan Robertson, of course, will be calling the games on TSN. We can't start jet season, though, without a visit from Dennis Bayak. Let's welcome Dennis in now. Dennis, what's going on? Thanks so much for doing this. It's great to catch up with you again. Huss, you're very welcome. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. Anytime the NHL season is about to get going, I think it brings a lot of excitement. And uh, I'll, be a, I'll be a spectator tomorrow night when uh, 5 o'clock rolls around here in Kelowna. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. And uh, I'll be glued to my television and certainly will watch the game. But it's in good hands with uh, Kevin Sawyer and Dan Robertson and John Liu. Uh, I know it's going to be different with uh, with me not there, with Sarah Oleski not there. But uh, bottom line is the game goes on, and it's an exciting team by the looks of it. I think there's been some positive things to talk about, and uh, looking forward to the opener tomorrow night. I'm sure the weather outside today in Winnipeg is not lost upon you as you get ready <laughs> to enjoy the uh, beautiful weather of Kelowna, B.C. No, but, uh, uh, Kevin Sawyer called me about 15 minutes ago, and... And I jokingly said to him, I said, out of respect to the fact that it's snowing in Winnipeg, I'll cancel my tea time for this afternoon. But uh, we've had exceptionally great weather out here. I mean, this is not a normal October from what I'm told. I've never been in, in Kelowna in October. But uh, from what we're being told here is that uh, this is an exceptionally uh, nice weather system that uh, that happens to be here right now. So we're taking advantage of it. Well, you certainly won't be getting too far away from the hockey world because as far as I can tell, about half the NHL spends the summer in that area right now. So you certainly have a lot of yeah. hockey around you at all times. But of course, tomorrow, for the first time since, you know, the Winnipeg Jets have played, you won't be. Have you thought at all about tomorrow? I mean, where are you watching the game? What are you going to do for a Winnipeg Jets hockey game where you don't have to be behind the microphone? I'll be at home. I'll be at home here in Kelowna and uh, sitting on my comfortable chair and uh, and enjoying the game. Uh, I still love the game and and uh, didn't uh, glue myself to the television the last couple of nights, but certainly uh, last night I watched part of the Montreal-Toronto game and watched part of the Vancouver-Edmonton game and and uh, trying to get some other stuff done here. The biggest challenge is to try to get yourself uh, used to the fact that at 4 o'clock, the games, the Eastern games start. Uh, and that's that's kind of the hardest part. Now, it goes back to, I did spend a couple of years in Victoria years ago, and I spent some time in Seattle, as you know. So uh, I kind of have to get back into that pattern where you've got to start those days earlier so that uh, by 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock, your, your day has come to an end and you've got dinner kind of all set to go and, and you can sit back and enjoy the game. But that's what I'll be doing tomorrow night. Uh, I'll be sitting here and and uh, comfortably in my chair and, and, and watch the game that uh, I think will be a good one. People are going to miss your takes on the game. Any chance you're going to turn into angry Twitter guy online no. over the course of the season, <laughs> just firing out scuds at everything that you see on the ice, Dennis? <laughs> you know, Huss, I, I jokingly told the guys that you'll know when I'm about to retire because I'm going to start the tweet. Uh, now, I didn't do that. And uh, Paul Edmonds always brought that up. He said, uh, he said, hey, uh, I thought you were going to start tweeting before you retired, but I would get myself in far, far too much trouble and uh, I, I just don't think that would be a wise move, even though it wouldn't be a career move for the most part. I don't think it'd be a wise move right now for me to start tweeting. Well, that was tongue firmly planted in cheek. But I'll tell yeah. you what, we'd all be here for it if you did want to fire off a few on social media. <laughs> um, Dennis, you were around the club. Um, I mean, you popped back into Winnipeg doing a bunch of things. And we saw you at the rink watching out, yeah. connecting with everyone before you took off. Um I've just got to ask you, I mean, you'd know this better than anyone about the feel of prior training camps under, of course, Paul Maurice. 
Um, what did you think about the uh, the Rick bonus camp, the atmosphere, and some of the messaging that he was putting out both to the players as well as to the media and the fans? Well, I think Rick bonus was a great hire. Uh, he's a gentleman. He knows the game. He's been around a long time. And if they were going to make the moves that they did this summer, uh, you know, especially surrounding Blake Wheeler, I think some of that had to come from an experienced hockey person. So, but watching training camp, it was it was interesting because you wouldn't think that that players who have contracts uh, would try to impress the teacher on the first day of school, and yet I think we saw some of that, uh, where players were trying to to show the coach their best right off the hop, and uh, now they got a chance. They they spent a few days in Banff and and that, but uh, I, I like with Rick Bonus what he's what he says, uh, what he was trying to mm. teach. Uh, this team has always struggled defensively, and I think that's going to be the challenge again for this coaching staff is to is to eliminate some of the grade A scoring chances that Connor Hellebuck or whoever's been in goal has had to face over the years, and uh, and that's going to be challenge number one for them, and and they see they understand that. I mean, Rick Bonus knows what this team is all about. He, he knew that before he took the job and way more once he took the job. So he has a real good understanding of what has to get done. You know, um, you're exactly right. And that's something, I mean, hell, we certainly were talking about it last year when things didn't go well. When we were trying to start the root of the problem, it was that the team, you know, was not very committed, certainly as a five-man unit, to playing defense. And I think yeah. it, you know, put a lot of people in the, in the wrong spot. Um, I'll say this, looking at those final couple games, there were some really good signs, especially from the guys that need to lead the way. And I'm looking right at that top line. Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers. Um, shorter shifts, which was very clearly pointed out. That was something the coach wanted earlier on. And, you know, a real commitment on the back check, um, which is going to be important from a team perspective. But I have to ask you, when you've watched all these players individually and play with others, how good can that line be this year in your mind if um, they're playing at their full potential? Well, we know what Mark Scheifele can do. We know what Kyle Connor can do. Uh, I think this is going to be not a breakout year because Nikolai Ehlers has been a very solid and consistent performer for the Winnipeg Jets since he joined the National Hockey League. But I do expect more from Nikolai Ehlers this year, and I don't mean that in a negative way that he that he needs to bring more. I just think he's going to have a better year. Uh, I don't I don't think there's when you look at and you mentioned shorter shifts. If there was a player that was affected by some of the longer shifts by some players, I think it was Nikolai Ehlers. I think his power play time got cut if he wasn't on that top power play unit. Uh, and, and I think he's going to thrive with that. I think he's going to accept the the bigger challenge, the bigger role. And I look for him to have, to have a real good season. And I think that line is going to have a real good year. And, and uh, you know, hopefully I'm not sure the latest on Pierre-Luc Dubois. I know he left that the last game, but I think it was just more precautionary than anything else. I look for him to have a real good year as well, but uh, I think there's some balance up top there. I think that third line is going to be an impact line in the national hockey league. But uh, if, if there's one guy that I think is, is going to, really uh, accept and thrive from the change. I think it's going to be Ehlers. You know, you mentioned Pierre-Luc Dubois. I, I, that second line for the Winnipeg Jets, when you look at all the storylines around the summer and coming into the season, might be one of the most interesting in the entire NHL. 
I mean, Dubois had the summer. He's on the one-year deal. There is, a, I guess, legitimate questions as to his future in Winnipeg. And then you've got Blake Wheeler, who's been the face of this franchise for a long time that, you know, is no longer the captain of this club, has certainly said all the right things, but it's a different stage for him. And then you've got a youngster in Cole Perfetti that comes in, not just with an opportunity, Dennis, but honestly with this team relying on him to fit into the top six and produce like a top six NHLer. I think that the the range of outcomes for this group is wide, but um, there's so many interesting storylines around these individual players that'll be making up that second line for Rick Bonus. Well, and this was talked about. Uh, Cole Perfetti needed some size with him on that line, and that's exactly what with Rick Bonus and the coaching staff have done. Uh, you know, they've added some size on that second line uh, to protect Cole Perfetti a little bit, and I think Cole Perfetti is going to get the opportunity to play his game a little bit more and, and uh, hopefully he can stay healthy, uh, get some games, get some confidence, confidence. You guys know this for, for a young player. It's, it's such a, uh, uh, an important part. Um, and if he can get off to a good start, I think that's really going to be a benefit to him. But I think he also has the advantage of knowing that this isn't going to be a one or a two or a three game experiment. Uh, I, I think he feels comfortable enough that the coaching staff is going to be patient with him and they're going to give him, whether it be 10, whether it be 12, whether it be 15 games, to kind of get himself comfortable on that line and and kind of go from there. You know, And then you've got some new faces that have been brought in up front, uh, some guys that are going to try and make an impact, and you have to make changes. If it doesn't work, and you feel for Jansen Harkins, uh, you feel for Billy Handel, you really do. Uh, both those guys, I think, are... are are NHL players, uh, but when things don't go the way you want them to go, sometimes you have to make some changes, and and that's what we've seen here. Yeah, the Billy Hanel uh, story was interesting, and I think we all knew that, I mean, unless there was a change with maybe one of the veterans being moved for some help up front, um, there was going to be a good player or two that wouldn't be on the club, and I mean, the first shoe to drop on that was Johnny Kovacevic, who I thought acquitted himself quite well for the Montreal Canadiens. And listen, that's why they have waivers. Um, You can only play six guys. You can only have this many. And, you know, there are players that deserve an opportunity to play in the National Hockey League. And unfortunately for the Jets, um, you know, they lost Johnny, um, but it'll be a good opportunity for him. Villy's a little different. Of course, part of it, I think, obviously has to, you know, you have to mention the fact that he was waivers exempt and they could make that move. Yeah. Uh, but Dennis, I certainly think that he'll contribute at this point this season. I mean, uh, when you look through, if there's no injuries and injuries will happen, and I think that probably yeah. is the number one determinant of it. Um, but do you see Billy, you know, getting some time to go play a ton with the Manitoba Moose and come back and potentially stay with this club? I do, but the opportunity is going to have to be there. Here's the way I look at this. I don't know if you can have Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk, Dylan DeMello, and Billy Hanela in your top six every night. Uh, I, I think you need some more size in there. Uh, you know, and Dylan Sandberg kits kind of fits that a little bit. Uh, I mean, Logan Stanley, where does he fit in? But you need some size on the back end in the National Hockey League. But but there's no doubt that uh, Billy Hanela will get the opportunity, uh, whether it be through injury or whether – he goes down to the Manitoba Moose and, and is just playing so well that they have no option but to bring him back and give him another look. They know what he can do. They know he's talented offensively. He's showing that uh, right from his days back in junior when we first started watching Billy Handler. 
but he's going to need an opportunity and, and there's going to have to be an opportunity created because uh, right now it just doesn't fit for him to be part of that defense core. And yes, the easy, the easy move was to send him back to the moose because he was uh, waiver exempt. Uh, but there's going to come a time and uh, where they have to make a decision. We're either going to lose this player or we have to get him into our lineup. And, and that decision is going to come soon. And, and you make the good point. I mean, that's why there is waivers. Uh, and and that's why it, you're, it's good to see Kovacevic and, and maybe Harkins ends up someplace yet if they can swing a deal or, or whatever the plans are for him. But there's certain players that deserve to be in the National Hockey League and they need that change of scenery and get into another. Sometimes you get pigeonholed uh, into a spot with an organization. And that's happened in past years. But sometimes there's just a need to move to a different organization uh, to get that opportunity to play on a regular basis. You know, Dennis, I mean, we always laugh in can these Canadian markets. I mean, we could spend for two full hours talking about the 13th forward or the sixth defenseman when um, really at the end of the day, this team is going to sink or swim on the back of Connor yeah. Hellebuck. What's, some what's of the, guys... the old story? The, the best the best athlete in the city is the backup quarterback and the backup goaltender? <laughs> exactly. Certainly around here. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you about the blue line and in particular, Neil Pionk. And two years ago, I thought Pionk was probably the Jets best defenseman. I mean, he had that great year. Josh struggled a little bit. Morrissey came back with a huge year last season, but it did seem like, I don't know. Are you with me that there was something Pionk was not himself after what happened in Toronto earlier in the season? Um, how important, just what did you make of his situation coming into here? And how important is a big bounce back for Neil Pionk on the Jet Blue Line in your mind? There was lots of things that played a part last year on a lot of players. And that what you mentioned with Neil Pionk, I think, was part of it. Uh, there was, you know, I there was just something was amiss at times last year with a lot of players. Uh, and I think we will see the Neil Pionk that we saw a couple of years ago. I think we'll see Josh Morrissey continue to grow. Brandon Dillon, I think, will be more comfortable in his role. Uh, Nate Schmidt's going to be more comfortable this year. Uh, I expect some things from that defensive core, and not just offensively, which I think there's a need for them to be better offensively, and we've heard that from Rick Bonus that he wants to see more offense, more goals from the back end. But they have to be able, in the last 10 minutes of a one-goal game, they have to be able to shut things down. And... I think some of that comes from confidence uh, of being able to play that way. and But Neil Pionk has a bit of a bite to him. Uh, his hits are always way more than what we think they are. But he also has some offensive ability. And I, I he didn't have a good offensive year last year. I think we'll see better things from him this season for sure. Uh, and then, of course, in the pipes, um, Matt, big save Dave's looks great in training camp. I mean, he had that shutout against Calgary. But, of course, it's... Uh... It's Connor's net. Uh, what do you expect from Hellebuck this year? And how many games do you think he ends up playing? Well, I think some of that will be dictated by how Dave Riddick fits in there. And I think he's a good fit. Uh, you know, again, you talk about happy for players getting an opportunity, happy for Eric Comrie, probably time for him, even though he did go through that spell there where he was on waivers and did spend some brief time with some other, with some other organizations. Uh, you know, hopefully he gets a real good chance to be a regular in the National Hockey League with the Buffalo Sabres. But I think Connor Hellebuck, you know what? He's big. He's young. Uh, for him to play 60 games, uh, I, I don't think is is expecting too much. I really don't. 
Uh, some of that will depend on uh, the back-to-backs, the travel on the back-to-backs, and those sorts of things. But uh, I, I just think your starting goaltender, when you're young and you're big and you're strong, uh, can play a lot of games. And again, some of that will depend on on how busy he is from night to night. Uh, are you taking a lot of penalties where your goaltender uh, is more active because you're killing penalties? Uh, or is it going to be an easy night for him? And, and Wade Flaherty and Rick Bonus will sort sort that out as the as the season goes on. But there was, you know, he became a father last year. Uh, I think some players, and maybe he fell into this category, I think some players let the Olympics uh, become a factor. Uh, the fact that the players didn't go because they were so looking forward to going. For, for some of these players, they may never get that opportunity again. Uh, the whole COVID uh, situation, the rules that were in place, uh, I think there was a lot of distractions for a lot of players last year. And I think some players let it get to them maybe a little more than others. And, I mean, Connor Hellebuck got asked about it the number of times, as Paul Stastny did. Uh, you know, so all that's maybe in the background now in the rearview mirror. So I expect Connor Hellebuck to get back to, to bringing his, his save percentage up, his goals against down, not by a whole bunch, because it doesn't need to be a big movement there, just a little bit. And, uh, and, and I expect him back to be back in the Vezina running. Uh, Dennis Back is with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk, getting ready for the puck drop on tomorrow's home opener and game one of 82 for the Winnipeg Jets. You mentioned Paul Stastny, and, and uh, you know, I was a fan of Paul both on the ice and especially what he had to say off. And I often referred to him. He sort of seemed like the conscience of the group. Um, and, you know, you're losing a great player on the ice, but you're also, you know, missing a very respected veteran. When you look at this team, Dennis, um, is there a guy that you think sort of steps up and fills at least part of that role of Paul Stastny from an off-ice perspective and a real leadership role that maybe we haven't been talking about before? Well, uh, if I had to, if you had to ask me who the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets should be uh, or could be, uh, I would put the C on Adam Lowry in a heartbeat. And I think if you want to, if you, when you took the C off of Blake Wheeler, and you want more people involved in what's going on inside the dressing room, then maybe Paul Stastny had to go as well uh, because he was the next guy that, that because of the games that he's played in the National Hockey League, he was the next guy that everybody kind of looked at. If they weren't looking at Blake Wheeler, he was the next guy. So if you want everybody else to kind of get on board a little bit more, uh, maybe that change had to happen too. And, and, and so he's, He's no longer in that dressing room. Uh, it's going to be by committee, but there's there's players in that room that are not young players anymore. And I mentioned Adam Lowry, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, I think you're going to see Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt be a little more comfortable in that room and, and be more willing to step up and say things at key times. So it's going to be interesting for the first couple of weeks in that dressing room when they start playing real games here. And if things are going good, that's great. Uh, you're not going to expect a lot of closed door meetings or whatever, but the first time they hit a bump in the road, uh, it, it will be interesting to see who steps up and kind of takes the bull by the horns and says things in that room. Will Mark Shifley step up and be a little more vocal uh, in that dressing room? So, uh, but back to Stastny, I think if you were going to change the leadership group, then I think that change had to come as well. But uh, I, I just think Adam Lowry is going to be 
uh, a key member in that dressing room, especially it was a tough, it was tough on him last year with Dave Lowry being oh, the for coach. Sure. Uh, I mean, we've all been in dressing rooms. We've all been on teams. There's always somebody griping about the coach. That's that's sports. That's the way it is. Uh, so it couldn't have been comfortable for uh, for Adam and, and maybe for other players who did have some opinions about the coach. So that's gone. That's no longer the elephant in the room. And uh, I, I just think there's a lot of people in that room that, whether it be in junior, that were leaders. And I think they're now going to have that opportunity to lead a little bit more and be a little more vocal in the room and on and off the ice. Uh, no, I think you're bang on when it comes to Adam Lowry. I mean, I think he is that guy. He was always sort of the connection between some of the old guard yeah. and the younger players. Yeah. I thought he was maybe the best at bringing the team together. And you're right. I mean, that situation last year was awkward, and he seems to be far more free right now. And I'll say this, too. I thought he had a great second half of the season, and I think that coincided with uh, – not carrying Christian Veselainen around like a grand piano on his back for the first 50 games of the season. But, uh, he, I mean, he is capable of a lot. We saw that, especially on special teams. I mean, Dennis, I don't know how many two-on-ones or goals that they scored penalty killing last year that Adam was a central part of, but that all seemed to come in the last 25, 30 games of the year. Yeah, well, he's going to miss Andrew Kopp, uh, who, you know, was kind of a regular there. But now he's got Mason Appleton back. And again, hopefully the injury to Appleton isn't isn't serious here. But uh, I, I, there's another player that that you know what it was a tough year for Adam Lauer or for Mason Appleton last year. Uh, didn't want to leave Winnipeg. Ended up in Seattle. Didn't get off to a good start there. I think his expectations of the role he was going to play in Seattle were different than than what they ended up being. And I think he's going to be back in Winnipeg and more comfortable right now on that side. So. Uh, and then whoever's on the left side, there'll be there. I think we'll see some movement there. Uh, but uh, I, I do think Adam Lowry is going to have a uh, consistent. I think he's a more comfortable player right now than than maybe what he was. It was, uh, you know, a lot of challenges and maybe a, a person and a player who wanted the same more last year, but didn't feel like it was his role. Well, I think that's that's wide open now and, and it will fall under my responsibilities in that dressing room that will fall under out for Adam Lowry now. Dennis, uh, before we go, I mean, the biggest change of the offseason, of course, was bringing in Rick Bonus. Um, it's been a very different atmosphere around the club. I think it's really excited the fan base, and it sounds like it's excited, it's excited the fans. I think we all know that the talent is there in this dressing room to see this team get back to being a playoff team and being part of the Stanley Cup playoff tournament. Uh, I guess the final question for you is when you think about Rick Bonus's situation and this team, what's the biggest challenge for the head coach to getting the most out of this team when everything gets going tomorrow night? Well, this is the, the, the defensive part of the game on a consistent basis, a defensive structure. Uh, you know, everybody's on board right now. Uh, I mean, I, I was a terrific Paul Maurice supporter. Uh, I think he's a terrific person and a terrific coach. Uh, and if you weren't going to get Barry Trotz, uh, I think Rick Bonus was an excellent, excellent choice. He's a veteran guy. He knows how to handle players. Uh, I think he's going to be fair, uh, but I do think he's going to be firm. And uh, his structure is going to be such that this team is going to eliminate a lot of the grade A chances or some of the grade A chances uh, that they were allowing. And I think that's going to be the challenge for him. And and then the first test is going to be uh, when he thinks that a player needs to miss a couple of shifts. Uh, will that happen? And I think it will. 
And uh, sometimes it's easy to sit a younger guy, but if you have to sit an older guy for a shift or two, sometimes it's not that easy. But uh, I think he's been around long enough that he knows how to handle those situations, understands the game. Uh, and in, in Winnipeg, I think it was also key in, in Canadian markets. After, after dealing with Paul Maurice, who was so good with the media and so good in his press avails, you needed somebody that wasn't going to be a huge drop-off from that. And I think Rick Bonus will handle that part of, of uh, the job very well, too. So you need that connection. You need that connection between the coach and the fans in Winnipeg because they've been used to it. And Rick Bonus will provide that, I think. Well, I mean, the, the word we were talking about at the end of the season was accountability. It seemed to be part of what Rick's been trying to instill yeah. from day one of training camp. And uh, we've heard a lot of that through the media, as you mentioned, and uh now it's time to drop the puck and get things going. It can't always be the coach. And if there were players that uh, that used the coaching situation as an excuse, it can't always be the coach. Uh, so there's going to be players who need to look at themselves and say, this is on me now, and uh, I need to go out there and do what I can do. But, yeah, That's- it's exciting. You know what? It's uh, Everybody's tied for first place going into the season, and uh, that's exciting, and, and let's get at it. Well, exciting for you to be able to kick back, crack a cold one, and watch the game like the rest of us when things get going tomorrow. Dennis, this is so much. Uh, we love you. It's so great to have you on the program. And, uh, you know, if you've got a little extra time over the course of the season, we've always got a spot for you to chop it up here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, thank you. It was great catching up with you at uh, at the one event in Winnipeg there. And and uh, I'll miss everybody in Winnipeg. I miss the banter of sitting around the rink and and uh, shooting the you-know-what-about-hockey and uh, all the other things that are going on. But uh, I'm going to enjoy it, and uh, I'm going to get a game of golf in later this afternoon and uh, get myself ready for uh, for the season opener tomorrow. But Great. Thank, got, thank you very much. We're going to finish the show and go shovel. We're not jealous at all of your new, uh, your new setup. Dennis, right. thanks so much. Okay. Don't be a stranger, and hopefully we can all chat right. later on this season. All right, you bet, Huss. Thank you. Man, what a great treat to have Bayak join us before we drop the puck on a uh, Winnipeg Jets season, game number one of 82 tomorrow. We'll have to hook up with Dennis throughout the season and get his thoughts on uh, the team that uh, he knows as well as anyone after calling every game since game number one in October of 2011 of Winnipeg Jets 2.0. We're going to talk more Jets and Moose with Nolan Baumgartner. Just before we do that, I want to give a big thanks and shout out to the Nick and Nikki DQ group for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. DQ Nick often in the chat, hanging with the rest of us. But when he's not in the chat, he's busy serving up those delicious blizzards, stack burgers, chicken fingers, and more at your local Nick and Nikki DQ. They've got four locations, the DQ out in Niverville, as well as DQ Northgate, DQ, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And folks, if... Uh, you got a party, a little gathering with the fam, and you need to step it up. Why don't you get one of those delicious DQ ice cream cakes? You can hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Let them know what you're looking for. They'll get a custom made for you for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs. And hey, big weekend, tons of football, tons of hockey, some good times. And what goes better with that than our favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug? If you haven't been by and seen all the work they've done at the brewery and tap room on William Avenue, you are definitely missing out. You can pop down there, see the incredible facility, the new patio that they built outside, and try all those amazing Little Brown Jug beers and take your favorites home with you. 
If you can't get down to Little Brown Jug, you can find Little Brown Jug products at your favorite local beer store. And you can also order online with citywide delivery online at littlebrownjug.ca. All right. Well, the focus tomorrow certainly is going to be on 7 p.m. at Canada Life Center with the Winnipeg Jets and the New York Rangers. Saturday, though, we'll be back at the rink for an afternoon matinee and the Manitoba Moose home opener. It was great to talk to the Fink yesterday and really looking forward to this next conversation. It's great to welcome back to Winnipeg and welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Moose legend, AHL Hall of Famer, and now assistant coach for the Manitoba Moose, Nolan Baumgartner. Bomber, what's up, man? It's great to have you on the show. Uh, it's great to be back. Uh, real happy to be back in the city. Well, uh, you know what I mean? You've obviously got a great connection with this franchise, with this organization, and uh, it's hard to believe since meeting you back as a player that, you know, spent so much time with the organization that you've been coaching now for over 10 years. Um, tell us about the new gig and how it came together that uh, you're coming back to Winnipeg. Well, I got let go last December, and uh, after that, didn't really know what to do. I uh, had some opportunities to work with uh, Hockey Canada throughout the uh, the rest of the year. And then uh, when this came down to it, we just, you know, just didn't know, never really interviewed for a job before for coaching because it just kind of got right into it uh, with the Vancouver Canucks organization. So just did a lot of uh, canvassing, put your name out there, uh, make the calls to the people you know, and, and, uh, I actually, uh, with uh, with the Jets and the Moose organization, didn't even really uh, reach out to them because I figured everything was uh, fine and dandy there. But then uh, I got a call from uh, Zinger one day and uh, asked me what I was doing and if I would be willing to come back to uh, Winnipeg. So uh, at the drop of a hat, for sure, uh, we were all in and, and uh, it worked out that way. So it's well, great. It's great to have you back. And I mean, obviously, it's a big, big addition for uh, for the organization and the club. And man, I mean, you're going to be looking over a pretty talented young group of defensemen for this Manitoba Moose Club. I mean, God knows we've spent a lot of time talking about Philly Hainala. Um, He'll be back there. Declan Chisholm, Gavanka. Fill us in on now what you've seen so far through training camp heading into the home opener of uh, the young men that'll be on the Moose Blue Line this year. Well, I mean, those uh, there's some talented guys there. I didn't... Uh... I didn't know these guys as players at all. Uh, just being in a different organization, you never get to watch them play. So uh, just seeing them throughout training camp, we got some uh, exceptional talent on the back end there. Uh, those guys can all uh, really play the game, skate, do everything uh, that they need to do to be an NHLer. So, uh, you know, it's just a matter of time, I think, for those guys to get their chance and be up there. Um, one thing, though, I'll let you know. I'm going to try my expertise uh, working with the forwards this year because Eric Dubois does the D. So, uh, you know, up front, too, we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of good looking guys up there, too. Uh, good, solid team. A lot of returning guys from last year, uh, which is good for the group, because uh, from what I hear, they're they were a real close knit uh, group of guys. And just being around them for the last few weeks, uh, you can really tell that. Oh, man, there was some, I mean, we had some of our most fun conversations, actually, with some. I mean, Jeff Malott was a real Winnipeg Sports Talk favorite. He came on a few times before, and obviously Morgan Barron, we talked to him when he was with the Moose, and now he's getting an opportunity um, in the starting lineup for the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow night. Uh, you know what? Well, I'll ask you this, because, I mean, you certainly have a lot of experience playing in the American Hockey League. You're a high draft pick. I mean, you know what it's like to be in training camp and then, you know, being sent down right at the right at the deadline. 
Um, you've got a couple veteran players from the Winnipeg Jets that are on the way. Jansen Harkin's already there. We expect Dominic Toninato. How, how does your experience from your playing career help you with some players that, you know, justifiably might be a little disappointed that they are being sent down from the National Hockey League and get them ready to be their best when the puck drops? Well, I think it's it's the uh, the understanding of of getting that sent down and being being there myself and just being able to know what they're probably feeling uh, at the time, um, you know. And then that's our job down with the Moose to we we would get those guys that have played in the NHL for uh, whatever maybe the last couple of years, and, and then you get sent down. It it, it really is uh, you know it's heartbreaking at times, but. Uh, you know, the mindset is just come back. You got to come down here and, and you got to work. You just got to put the work boots back on, go out there, find your game again for whatever reason. Um, you know, there's different reasons why players get sent down. Uh, but that's why you come down here. And and uh, I always tell the guys, too, you got to you have to remember that it's, uh, you know, you did you did get demoted, but you're coming to a, a great team. Uh, you got a great group of guys go out there, you're playing hockey for a living, um, you know, have some fun, get out there. And you got to remember, there's always somebody watching you. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's at practice or it's a game. Uh, there's always somebody out there watching. And if it's not going to be with this organization and, and uh, where you want to play, well, it might be somewhere else. So you always, it's a, always a tryout when you're, you get sent down and you're playing in these games. Hey, uh, I mean, you know, from your experience, both playing and coaching, um, how does it change the equation for the players on the Manitoba Moose, knowing that they're just down the hall from the big club? I think it's huge. Um, I, I remember when I was in Philadelphia and it was the same situation. We had the exact same kind of setup, practice arena. One side was the Flyers, one side was the Phantoms. And you just knew you were uh, just load your gear in a cart. They can put you in the other dressing room pretty quick. So I think it works both ways. Uh, I think uh, what, but when you're down with the Manitoba Moose, you know that uh, the, there's people around with the Jets that are always watching you. Uh, so you got to carry yourself uh, as the, you know, with the highest standards, play as hard as you can every day, and come to practice ready to go and, and uh, make yourself better hockey player every day because it might not be now, it might not be this month, and it might not even be this year that you play for the organization, but you're always there. You're always in their thoughts, and sometimes you think that you might not be, but you are always there. And, and again, you know, there's going to be somebody watching you and just to see how you carry yourself and, and uh, how you come to work every day. Moose assistant coach Nolan Baumgartner with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Well, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned about working with the forwards because <clears> – <throat> I mean, there's going to be a lot of attention on this forward group, especially considering a couple of pretty talented first-rounders are going to be uh, with the club. Big Bad Brad signed his deal, and uh, the Lambo was at practice for the first time today. We certainly excited a lot of people in the preseason with the Winnipeg Jets. And, uh, of course, last year's first-rounder, Chaz Lucius, as well. Um, talk to us a little bit about the... Uh, the learning curve for young players that haven't played North American pro hockey that are into their first training camp, their first games, and uh, maybe what you've seen talent-wise from uh, these two young men that will presumably be a big part of the Moose this season. Well, it's, it's been good with uh, for me. To, we spent some uh, quite a bit of time with these guys. We had them in Penticton uh, where they started off and then to watch them go through training camp. Uh, we've had Chaz with us. 
uh, for like the last little bit here. He's played a couple of those couple exhibition games that we had against uh, the U of R and, and the U of M and, and uh, really showed well uh, with, with Chaz. He's been getting better every day. I think he hasn't played very much hockey in the last couple of years uh, because of obviously COVID and, and some injuries. Um, but he is, he has come along every day. And I think that's the way he's been approaching it. Uh, you know, just get better every day. Tomorrow's a new day. I got to get better. He's getting in better shape. He's finding his timing uh, and all that stuff. So, and he's really, he's a real coachable kid. Uh, Brad, same thing. Um, you know, we saw him. He was really good in Penticton. Uh, guy's got blazing speed, which is nice to see. Um, but with all with young guys, you know, they always have to find that balance of like, how do you play within the system? Can you learn a different system? Where do you fit in? And, uh, you know, that's our job. We always got to, we're always talking to those guys, uh, making sure that, you know, when they come to practice, they're paying attention in all the meetings, the videos, uh, because it is important. And, you know, with us, we're, we're doing the same thing as the jets do. So if there is that call up, we can just slot them right up there and, and, uh, they shouldn't have any problem playing. Well, you know what? That's a perfect segue. And I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Rick bonuses, uh, the system, and we've been talking about what he's been inst instilling and what he's had to say. Um, you know, at the NHL level, um, from your perspective, how would you describe the style that you and Mark want to see your team play when the puck drops on Saturday? Well, we just want, I mean, we want to see our team, uh, you know, play a grinding hard game. Uh, just, you know, uh, we really pride ourselves on our work ethic uh, down with the moose. And I think that uh, when you look at our four lines and, and our 60 that are going to be playing, they all have that trait. Uh, they're all, they're all high end, uh, workers. And, you know, we just want to see that come out and, and play within the system that always helps. I think it's just something that as a hockey player, you can fall back on. If you know the system, like the back of your hand, then, you know, you're, you're going to do well out there in the games. And, and like I said, if, if they can do it here and play within the system here and show what they can do at this level, uh, that's just going to, you know, be a stepping stone for them to get up there with the Jets. Nolan Baumgartner with the Manitoba Moose joining us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Bomber. Um, I, I thought Mark Morrison did an amazing job last year with the Manitoba Moose. It was really fun to watch that team come together, the way they played night in and night out. Um, did you did you know Mark much before? And uh, just tell us about the relationship you're you're building with the head coach and uh, what you've learned about the way uh, he likes to run things with uh, your new team. Well, I didn't really know Mark at all. I'd met him uh, a couple years back, but just didn't have, I didn't really have a relationship with him, but uh, I knew another guy that had coached with him and said, he's a great guy, great, great hockey mind and a good coach. Uh, and just working with him, like, I mean, he's the best. He really, uh, the last couple of weeks, um, the way he approaches his assistants, is not always, you know, he's not the head coach and that's it. And he doesn't, you know, what he says goes, it's just always, you're always included, um, you know, practice, you're, you're drawing up drills on the board for the guys, you run your own meetings. Um, I'm going to be working with the power play this year. So he's, you know, you, whatever ideas you have, you can, if you want, you ask me, I can give you some ideas, but he really, uh, he's really good that way. And it's almost like he's grooming, he can groom you, uh, to be a head coach also you got the duties of of the head coach it's just not him doing 
all the head coaching duties. So, which is really good. It's uh, it's a great learning experience for me. I've been, you know, with them for a couple months just here now, but from moving into the city and uh, I've learned a ton already in two months. Uh, uh, Nolan, um, before we go, uh, listen, you add in Tony Nato, presumably assuming he clears waivers, Harkins is already there. Lambert signs. Um, how competitive is it going to be within the guys with the club right now for spots in the starting lineup, as well as playing time and ice time at both forward and defense? Well, it's going to be real competitive. Uh, um, but you know, as a hockey team and as coaches, you always, you always want that. You always want the competition there. Uh, and I think that just pushes the guys to be, you know, they're on alert all the time and, and they're, they're pushing to be their best every day. You're going to get the best out of the guys at all, at all times, because, you know, there's always these other guys that are waiting to get in the lineup. So if you're not playing uh, real good or, um, you know, at a high level, uh, you know, there's somebody else there to step into the lineup. So it's a, uh, it's really good to have that competition and, and we love seeing it. It makes your practices better. It's going to make the team play better in a game. Uh, what's the vibe like amongst the fellas uh, waiting to finally get going with that season on Saturday afternoon at two? Yeah, I think uh, you get to this point in the season. Everybody's sick of practicing. Uh, a couple guys maybe got one exhibition game in or or two, but uh, that's just not enough. You know, you're sick and tired of your own your own guys on your team. Like you're almost getting in scraps in practice. So they're they're ready to go. Uh, we're excited to get going. It's been a long, you know, it's a long summer when. Uh, you know, I know they made the playoffs here, but it was short. Um, and it's, it's a long summer when you don't make the playoffs or you, or you weren't there on a run. So we're, we're ready to go on the weekend. Uh, all right, Bonner, before we go, I told you this was going to happen. The minute we heard a little tinkling of a chain, the entire chat goes crazy. They want to meet your dog. Uh, Uh, is there any way you can (laughs) introduce us all to, uh, to your pal there? I, I sure can. He's right here. Yeah, come here. His name's Walter. Oh, all right. Don't don't I, worry, did, folks. We'll get we'll get the camera straightened out in a second. As Walter, did I go down? Walter makes his debut. Look at Walter. Tell us about Walter. Uh, he's a he's a six year old uh, French French bulldog. Uh, he has a little. He has some bulldog in him, though. I think in English. So uh, he's about you know he's like thirty five pounds. Great little guy. He's pretty happy. I'm home though. I was about <laughs> He's to, to go outside. I was about to say, was he for as excited as he was for Pop to get home? He was very chill throughout the interview. So, uh, Walter, a, a big debut and rising up our power pole of the dogs of Winnipeg sports talk. Well, next time we have you on, everyone will be asking for a return visit from uh, from Walter. Yeah, no problem. He'll be here. Uh, Nolan, thanks so much for doing this. It is uh, great to have you back on the program. And again, I believe we talked around when you went to the HL Hall of Fame, but congratulations on that. And uh, here's to a great season for both the Moose and the Jets. I'll be at the game on Saturday afternoon. We had a great chat with Dan yesterday talking about it. And uh, I think this is going to be a really fun, exciting team to watch. And uh, we'll be regulars out at the rink this year. All the best to you, Mark, and the entire staff. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at the rink on, on Saturday. Good luck this weekend. All right. Appreciate it, Huss. Thanks. Thanks so much. There it is. Nolan Baumgartner, assistant coach of the Manitoba Moose with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right. We do have to get to the cool bet lines and a big night of action in the National Hockey League. And of course, a game in the National Football League that maybe people aren't as excited. But uh, let's get Remus back in here. And Remo, uh, yes, I can see. You're welcome, chat. You're welcome. I did see the, the minute I heard the dog chain 
Tinkle, I knew that you'd all be losing your minds and would kill me if I didn't ask to uh, to meet uh, to meet Walter. So um, we've got a new dog for the dogs of WST Reem. Yeah, the, I saw the chat. They could hear, Do I hear a dog going around during that interview? And we heard it. Uh, we were talking to him off air before right away. So uh, very nice. I, I still have been meaning to make an Instagram post of the dogs of Winnipeg Sports. Uh, Greg Ellingson, Jackson Jeffco, I think Ruwicki, of course, Piper uh, from Mike McIntyre. Uh, fa- all favorites, though. So, it's nice. You don't have to look at us all the time. You get a, a cute dog. As T. Will said, Huss knows the chat. I absolutely do. And uh, uh, there was no doubt we will get a, we'd get a little visit from uh, from Walter. And again, Nolan Baumgartner, let me just tell you, as someone, you know, that was working with the organization when he was here as a player, um, just one of the finest guys uh, that, you know, that I've met in the game and uh, was so happy to hear that he was coming back to Winnipeg. And Sounds like a great opportunity. I mean, from all those years coaching the defense with the Vancouver Canucks, now working with some of the forwards, power play, and more with the Manitoba Moose, wouldn't it all be surprised if after a few years here, um, Nolan Baumgartner's ready for a head coaching role at some point uh, uh, somewhere in the world of professional hockey. Um, so we've got, let's get to these games for tonight because uh, Remo, as I mentioned, I, I will be watching the National Football League game. You you can't get me away from an NFL oh. game, even if it's the Bears and Commanders. Man. Commanders, one-point favorites over Stop. the Bears. Bears plus Don't. one. Money line, Bears even. Commanders <laughs> minus 109. If you're that into this game. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> my throat's closing. I'm thinking of you. Watch. The total is 38 points. Yeah, I'm taking the over. 38. Taking the over tonight. We're going over, folks. Oh, you Justin win. Fields touchdown. Oh. Uh, anyways, check out today's lock shop. Dusty and I did give it a give it the old college try to get really fired what? up for this game. Uh, but to be honest, what we also did is look at a massive slate of games in the National Hockey League. And there's some real interesting ones. This is a great night to get the center ice package or get a few TVs. Ottawa and Buffalo Ream. Kicking things off, minus 123 for Ottawa, plus 105 is a home dog for Buffalo. I'm excited to see both of these teams. In fact, Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit are teams that would not have been high on the list of viewing last season. I think all of these teams are going to be pretty fun to watch. I mean, obviously, Ottawa had the huge offseason. I think Buffalo has quietly put together a pretty awesome young core of players, including Peyton Krebs and Dylan Cousins, mm-hmm. led by Tage Thompson. Uh, and of course, Owen Power and Rasmus Dalin on the blue line uh, are going to be fun. And of course, we'll get a chance to see Eric Comrie at some point soon playing in the net. Um, so I think this is going to be a real interesting watch. And I mean, those are two teams that I'm going to be keeping an eye on early and probably try and catch up some of their matchup tonight. Yeah, you forgot to mention that guy that Buffalo signed to a four-year contract yesterday that we never heard of. That's because I can't remember his name. What was his name? It was Marcus. Samuelson or something? Yeah, I I believe so. He played 57 games, got a nice four-year deal. Uh, Matias Samuelson, sorry. No, seven-year deal. Sorry, seven-year deal, 30 million bucks. Seven-year, 54 NHL games. Um as, you know, they're kind of buying lo- buying low and figure yeah. that by the end of the that's deal. That's a bet. That's, that'll be, and he's saying, hey, I'll take the guaranteed 30 mil. And- yeah, and he's not a big points guy, but apparently, I mean, a really good stay-at-home defenseman that they think is going to be a key part of their future. They've got some cost certainty going forward, and 
I think of this now, again, he has played very limited time, but uh, John Klingberg signed a deal after I think only 65 games. And we saw how that worked out for the Dallas stars. And maybe the, maybe the best example of a contract like this was Dallas was uh, Vegas who signed now Buffalo Sabre, Alex Tuck to that seven year deal at like 4 million that almost immediately became a real bargain. Now he's not going to get tons when it comes to the, um, uh, like the points, uh, but I'll tell you what, if they can get a minute muncher that can play 20, 22 minutes a night with a Rasmus Dahlin with an Owen Power, I think they'll be more than happy on the expenditure. All right, other games tonight. Devils at Flyers. Devils minus 127 favorites on the road. Flyers plus 128. <laughs> the Coyotes. It, you know, we should track what the Coyotes number is for all of the games this year. They're starting off in Pittsburgh. They're plus 325 underdogs. And like we saw with Colorado and Chicago yesterday, the puck line is not one and a half. It's two and a half at plus 115 for Pittsburgh, who's a minus 417 home favorite. Uh, Islanders, home dogs, plus 114. And the debut of Paul Maurice on the bench of the Florida Panthers. Florida with their new look bench and lineup, minus 133 favorites in uh, Long Island against the Islanders. Leafs right back at it against that disappointing night in Montreal last night. Home tonight to the Washington Capitals. Leafs minus 204. Washington plus 171. And then the game I am going to be watching in advance of tomorrow's Jets-Rangers tilt. The Rangers plus 113 on the road. The Wilds home opener at minus 133. And as you pointed out, Shesterkin started Tuesday. He's starting tonight. Might catch a bit of a break and uh, not see the Vesna Trophy winner, but see Yaro Halak in net for the Rangers tomorrow. Big Central Division matchup between the Dallas Stars and Nashville Predators. Preds minus 130, Dallas plus 111. Peter DeBoer making his first start on the uh, as the coach for the Dallas Stars. And this will be a good one. Avalanche, who played last night against Chicago, now in Calgary. Avs plus 109, the Flames minus 128 in their home opener. First chance to see official games for Jonathan Huberto on his eight-year deal, Mackenzie Weger on his eight-year deal, and, of course, Nazem Kadri, who signed the seven-year deal as an unrestricted free agent. Two more games. Vegas coming off their season opening win against the Kings. Have their home opener against the Chicago Blackhawks. Vegas a big minus 357 favorite. And those Kings look to get their first win in two home starts. They got the Seattle Kraken at plus 144, Reem. Yeah, I love how Vegas uh, and Seattle came in. It just means more late games around the league. Yeah, the um, the Colorado-Calgary game, probably the game of the night. Uh, the Central Division, Dallas-Nashville. Um, I'm doing some daily fantasy lineups, so I'm in on uh, Vegas. Mark Stone looking pretty good and healthy uh, in their first game, which was really nice to see. They're going with Logan Thompson. Again, their goaltending situation, it's him and Aiden Hill. Uh, LA Kings looking to have a nice season as well with Kevin, you know, new addition, Kevin Fiala, Drew Doughty's healthy. Watch out for the Kings. Uh, you said Rangers were all that. How about Toronto last night? I mean, blowing it oh. to Mo- Montreal. Their they fans blew parlay. so mad online, the Toronto fans. And I think everyone here, I think the one of the more intriguing teams is Florida. They signed Kachuk. They got Paul Maurice. They lost a, a number of players. 
uh, as well. Trade away Uyghur. Their defense looks completely different. Can they have as good of a season as last year? I don't even know if that's possible. And how is their style going to change? Um, and that's the two teams with the coaching changes, the Jets and Florida, who are going through some stylistic changes, one moving away from Paul Maurice and one moving to Paul Maurice. So I'm very curious about the, uh, the shots on goal that the Florida goalies are going to be are going to be having and of course Matthew Kachuk in his first game in a Panthers uniform. The the Coyotes and the and the Blackhawks has like by far the two worst teams in the league. So if you like goals and like player player props, I would say <laughs> see how many you can get like over point total for players. O- over uh, everything in opponents yeah. of Arizona and Chicago. And I've sort of been grouping those two teams together. Uh, but as we talked to Greg Wyshynski, I mean, he's predicting that Arizona is historically bad this year. And uh, it'll be the Jets who will open up the Coyotes' home schedule in that 5,000-seat arena at ASU. I cannot wait to see that a little bit later on this month. Um, now, listen, tomorrow on the program, we will have much more on this. Sarah Orleski is going to join us. And this is going to be an important uh, segment for folks to watch that are Jet fans, Jets ticket holders, people that go to games, uh, because the Jets today, Remo, announced a new app. We've both been screwing around with it. Looks really good. Kind of combines your Jet stuff, your Moose stuff together, tickets, and, of course, your discounts if you are a season ticket holder or a package holder. All in one easy place to use at games. Uh, pretty impressed with uh, what I've seen so far. And we'll find out more on the usage of it tomorrow with Sarah, as well as everything the club has happening content-wise going in, including getting a chance for more Sarah post-games after home games at Canada Life Centre. Yeah, pumped to have Sarah back. I know a lot of people have been asking for her to return after her visit um, a little over a month ago. Yeah, this Jets... Uh, Winnipeg Jets app, the new one, Jets 360. It combines Jets news uh, with a loyalty program. Uh, if you're a season ticket member, you'll definitely want to get the app. But even if you're not, you can earn, they call them pucks, by completing tasks, going to games, going to concerts, um, checking in at home, and you can re- redeem those pucks for um, rewards. I'm gonna personally going to save up my pucks for the Mikey Asimont game worn jersey um so i will have to make sure i check in when i attend games and buy concessions and um, do all the things that it says to do so we'll hear more about this from sarah i'm going to try to connect my phone uh to mirror it on the screen so we can like do a virtual tour but i would recommend they tweeted out the link i want to pick jets apps on iphone and android um seems pretty cool and i think that this is something that'll keep people engaged engaged uh with the jets and um, you know, keep coming back and uh, engage with the team as well because it does have all the news and stuff in there. So yeah, uh, she'll give thing, us a better tour. Yeah, one thing, I mean, I was just asking as a season ticket holder, I mean, the advent of the $25 discount on yeah. beer and pop and popcorn last year was awesome. We were using the card last year. That is all now part of the app. Um, so you log in uh, and then when you pop it up, they know it's you. You use your little scan bar and um, and you go from there. So uh, and pizza, by the way, added to the discounted list this year as well. So twenty five percent off pizza for season they, ticket holders at the rink as well. And they also have offers and deals in there. So I'm a guy love a good deal. So, and Remus approved deals. You we know, need them. I clicked if there's a ticket deal or something. I know Fink offered to DM him for a moose ticket deal this weekend, but concert deal or or whatever. 
So uh, it's going to be something you want to check out. It's Jets, Moose, and what True North event app, the Winnipeg Jets app. Yeah, so we'll get a full uh, a full little preview uh, from a fan's perspective of everything that uh, Sarah and the gang of True North have for us with the launch of the new app. Find out about the post-game show, some of the other content that Sarah's working on, as well as the Jets preview show. Uh, we'll have all of that tomorrow. Uh, we'll finish off talking about the upcoming season for the final time with Ken Weeb and uh, have some fun. And we will be down there early in the morning checking out Morning Skate as well before Winnipeg Sports Talk live at 1 o'clock. And make sure, this is a good plug, if you have not already followed us on TikTok, on Twitter, and on Instagram, please do, at Sports Talk WPG on all platforms, just saying we're going to do a little bit of uh, of recon on some of the new concession items as well tomorrow, and uh, we'll be cranking out some of the uh, the best on our TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter going forward. So make sure you are following us there. And it goes without saying, gang, if you haven't already, hit that red subscribe button. And uh, it would be kind if we could get to 200 likes. We've got 175 right now. So if you haven't already, hit that thumbs up and you're with us live on YouTube. Help us spread the channel. Uh, it certainly helps out. And again, thanks again to uh, Andrew and Walter who jumped on as Winnipeg Sports Talk members today. Greatly appreciate the support. Um, this is a fun show today, man. I cannot thank Dennis Bayak enough for coming on. Um, an all-time favorite Winnipeg Jet fans, and it wouldn't be right to start the season without checking in on Dennis and finding out where he's going to be watching the game tomorrow for the first time without having to be behind a microphone. Of course, great stuff from Scott Billick and Brandon Rowicki, and uh, best of luck to the Moose a big thanks to Lone Baumgartner for jumping on with us today. That was a heck of a lot of fun. Folks, huge slate of games tonight in the National Hockey League. NFL football, albeit not a uh, battle of the Titans by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, again, follow us on social. We'll probably have some picks and vid from the morning skate tomorrow and a very special game day season kickoff edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk tomorrow as well. Thanks again to all of you for making us a part of your day. Shout out to everyone listening on the podcast and a big thanks to all the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen each and every day. Folks, can't believe I'm giving the first stay warm of the year, but uh, considering what's happening outside, you want to do that and uh, get ready for a big day tomorrow and a big weekend at Canada Life Centre with the Jets home opener tomorrow against the New York Rangers and the Manitoba Moose dropping the puck on their season on Saturday afternoon. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks for being with us. Have a great night. We'll catch you tomorrow on Game Day WST right here on the Winnipeg Sports Talk YouTube channel and wherever you get your favorite pods. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.